All right. Well, anyway, welcome, four nerds. Uh, fourteen. Not welcome. fourteen, four nerds, but yeah. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so welcome. Keith is sick. He normally drives <laughs> these things. So this episode is probably going to be particularly loopy as a result of uh, having one of our main on our task manager probably being like ah, bleh, bleh, I got stuff like I that. got sick for a good cause. What <laughs> did you donate your health to charity? No, it was an escape room. <laughs> oh, you right, did you another one. It's like the it's like the best room. reason to get sick. <laughs> you did another one. Yeah, so you were exposed to everyone's. Uh... Well, la- last week we recorded this on Saturday because uh, Sunday wasn't going to work because I was going to an oh. escape room. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And that's I thought, why I'm sick I now because the, the order was flipped around. But that's fine. Was yeah. it better than the previous escape room? Did it work? There, so that's the thing. I never got around to talking to him about it last podcast, but I'd already done a new escape room since then too. Now that I think so about I've it, I've done two new sanit- ones. What kind of sanitary <laughs> measures do escape rooms take to make sure that Not, all no. the objects that get fumbled around? I was going to say very, don't... very little. I'm sure. <laughs> it's a bunch of normal humans. Has <laughs> sanitary. Well, yeah, that's because the government bits. comes by every two weeks and is like, "Have you been cleaning your shit?" I'm sure no it's government's about, coming I'm sure by. I'm sure it's about like the uh, sanitary conditions you expect from a laser tag course. Yeah. Ooh, God. Oh, God. I, uh, I used to <laughs> Let's do a dim lot the of laser lights tag. real low so that nobody can see the child puking blood. <laughs> Does blood vomit glow in the dark? <laughs> yes. Actually. What? Well, the vomit part would, but I don't know about the blood. Well, Podcast how do you title. both have different levels of knowledge about this topic? Okay, so I used to be a really big laser tag player. I've only um, played once. I, I was not a particularly big fan of airsoft or um, paintball. paintball. Airsoft Paint- sucks Ouch. and it's expensive. At yeah, airsoft, airsoft can be really fun if everybody has the exact same level of gear, but everybody always, like, there's always that one kid with a $1,000 airsoft, like, bullpup right. or something like that. And you're like, right. dude, get out of here. And you've got, like, your $30 airsoft pistol that shoots in an arc, so you have to, like, lob <laughs> shots and stuff. Those were good times up until, you know, the one kid got serious about it. Anyway, um, so, uh, so... I didn't like paintball or airsoft much, but we had a laser tag place that was like half an hour away up in Danvers when I was in Massachusetts. And my brother, my dad and I would drive up maybe once every couple of weeks or so and we'd just do several rounds of laser tag. And it was actually, it was good fun. But Mm. they would every month, I think it was every month, they would do an all-nighter laser tag thing. Okay. Uh, A laser tag. A laser tag course was one of the only times I ever encountered, like, real-life bullying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh... Wa- About, like, 30-year-old men. A, well, a can, I, can I finish my story without yeah, you tapping on my is, shoulder? The song that's currently playing on Twitch is one of the no-go songs. Ah. Oh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'll fix that. Um... There's a musician that allows you to use music on streams and YouTube videos, but there's a very short list of maybe about 20 songs that are either under copyright or can't be used. And mm-hmm. the first song that comes up happened to be one of them, and I remember the title. I'm like, no. Okay. No, but no anyway. one can hear the song in, yeah. the, in the videos. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so they would do... Uh, they would do uh all night streams and my brother my dad and i would actually well not stream sorry all night uh lazy sorry uh-huh. look no, no, keep going, it's keep baked going. into my head now but uh keep so going. they they do all night uh laser tag uh 
not Iron Man's, but you know, you'd you'd be going for hours and they'd have like several groups that would cycle through and break time and you know, it'd be like a bunch of people. Um and it was actually like a lot of fun, but it was mm-hmm. usually also like older people. So very frequently like, you know, college age kids as opposed to kids' kids. Right. So the games tended to be a little bit more intense and stuff, but you also tended to get like some shadier folks too and some dicks yeah so we had uh one guy two guys that were drunk uh getting Mm -hmm. a fist fight Uh. in a corner that's where we Uh got the blood vomit because one guy (laughs) beat the shit out of the other and we didn't find him until later because they were apparently really quiet but he uh apparently (laughs) we're gonna fight well yeah one guy clocked the other with his like those laser tag guns are pretty solid plastic plastic. yeah Yeah. clocked him in the jaw and the guy you know, is bleeding from his nose and then vomiting all over the place in kind of the same same time. And we find him in a corner and they had to shut everything down for the rest of the night. So that was that was interesting. Sucks. But yeah, uh, it at least his vomit was very very shiny uh, in black lights. Anyway, Keith had a Keith had a story for blood vomit too, right? I really I really brought this all on by that with that weird joke question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I triggered something. <laughs> you did. I there was we a, can talk about anything. So we, we talked talk about, talk about the uh, the bullying thing. It was like, there was people there were the uh, older oh, like yeah. much larger older kids would steal the vests off smaller kids and just take it yeah. in the corner and shoot it over and over again. <laughs> oh, yep. that's like literally not playing the game at that point. <laughs> I I actually same same vein, but kind of vice versa. I was an older kid and I had some like little kid. Uh, like shitty, shitty little uh brat kind of character. I I'd seen him before, and I was like, "This kid's gonna be in trouble." Like when we're actually doing the round, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get into we get into the game, and I don't know when he exactly did it, but uh, we're at a we're at a laser tag place that uh, you know, if you were if you were shot, you were out of commission for a couple of seconds. You couldn't shoot anybody, and uh. You couldn't shoot anybody, and nobody could shoot you. Well, this kid was following me with his uh, his gun pressed into my backpack, and I was trying oh, to like go God. fast. Yeah. Uh, so this <laughs> this this little kid was being a giant turd, um, mm-hmm. and I was not protect uh, particularly happy about it. Wait, so you mean was he the kind that would shoot you as soon as you became viable again? Yeah. Well, he had yep. his gun pressed into my backpack, and with the trigger held down. So, uh, at one point, I just turn around really fast, and, um, like, I turned a corner and, like, elbowed him, because he was so close to me, I really didn't have, like, much of a means of, like, movement, and uh-huh. so he he starts screaming and crying, and then he brings the ref over and stuff like that, I'm like, look, he was, like, literally glued to me, I couldn't move without accidentally bumping into him once or twice because mm-hmm. this kid was like 10 and I was and you weren't you know, allowed to run I was 20 so I was a big guy yeah you can't run yeah yeah because you get in trouble for that and so the the ref is like I want to say mid-teens and he looks at me and I've got like a beard and I look pretty annoyed and he's like just just go <laughs> and it's just this like sad defeated like I don't, I don't even know how to describe the like resignation but apparently this thing was probably pretty common for this dude Damn. Who's yeah. that, who was this? How, how old was the was the ref? Younger said they than were like me. teenager. I was gonna say, yeah, they're not telling a twenty year old dude like yeah. what to do. Like, sir, you need to you need to have you need to obey the rules. 
Now, it would be better if there was a system for you to have limited ammo or, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to continually hold. I mean, the real system is don't be a dick, play a laser tag normally, and you generally do better. But like, well, the, even the guns are kid, semi-automatic, so... Yeah, even with this kid glued to my backpack, I still managed to pull first place, so it's just like, alright. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when I'd always played laser tag, laser tag we, had, we had limited ammo. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, it must depend on the place. Did you have to reload? Like, by going uh, to, like, stations or something? So, I, I would play stations. at the Qzar in my area. I don't oh, know if it was a chain or not. You know what? You're from California. Had, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we had bases, and you had to shoot, you had to go into the base and shoot up through a cone in the ceiling to, to attack the yep. enemy's base. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah, was the base. There was, a, there was a reload station that you'd go to if you right. were defeated, and you'd go there to reload your gun. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, some some laser tag arenas did do stuff like that. That's that true. was well. It's actually kind of a regional thing, I think. Because um, hmm. when I was in uh, when I was in California, it reloading was super common. Uh, uh-huh. I got to the East Coast and reloading was not a thing. And I had one other friend, uh, my roommate from freshman year. We did laser tag. Um, we did laser tag. Uh, sophomore year i think it was mm-hmm. um and he was he was from uh the same town as me in california and the uh the lack of a reload mechanic offended him to no small level <laughs> <laughs> of course it would yeah playing playing with a reload mechanic and a respawn timer and bases you attack like for me laser it's tag so was basically a moba yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah that's a way better game uh the uh, it, I mean, it's pretty much like Counter Strike versus Quake ish. Uh, right, true. Huh. The one thing about uh, the non team version is it's really enjoyable uh, learning how to like kind of move and walk in weird ways that more or less make it so la- uh, like you know laser kit uh, laser tag people can't hit you. So there's like this weird dance this one guy taught me actually. Oh, it's like the diagonal shimmy. Yeah, so you'd you'd uh you'd point yourself diagonally. You wouldn't want to be full side because then they could shoot your shoulder pads. So you kind of point yourself diagonally at a person and you'd like shimmy the entire time with your gun going up and down repeatedly. And the problem is like uh-huh. trying to hit somebody with that is a giant pain in the ass, so it took a lot of practice. But like <laughs> This guy was very, very intent on, like, teaching me and my brother because he's like, I'm going to be here all night and you people look like you're fun. (laughs) And by the end of it, we were stupid good at laser tag and it kind of lost some of its magic that day. It was also really exhausting. uh... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey. Next level laser tag is playing in a course that has mirrors. Oh yeah, oh, I, I want to go to like people Ender's shoot themselves that, that way <laughs> accidentally. I, I really want to go to like actually. Or shooting around yeah. corners. Oh yeah, Ender's Game. Reading Ender's Game. Uh, I was like, can I just play this like it in real see, life? That'd be very fun. So fun for about three oh. seconds at a time on the vomit comet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd also really love to go to like an actually good laser tag place as opposed to the like this is the kids' birthday zone. It's just like no, give me something. I, I played it at some point in Vegas where they had a uh, they had two oh, story. Oh, uh, the Vegas version is amazing. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had two story structures with ramps you can go up and down, and they had mirrors. Uh, so there yeah. was just next level stuff going on, <laughs> and they had a stellar laser tag. Gotcha. I've used to two to three story laser tag places. The three story yeah. ones get a little bit much. But I, w- I would like uh, there to be an interesting laser tag experience with the whole I-, I know we were talking about VR the other time, but it would be really cool 
if you and a team had to survive some kind of maze with monsters and stuff. Co-op yeah. laser tag. Yeah, it'd be cool, but laser tag arenas probably barely make any money as is, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, another laser tag story before we go off. Um, so every once in a while we so bring so many. I, I, we went a lot. Yeah, um, clearly. Usually what would happen is I'd get to bring a friend, my brother would get to bring a friend. One day, uh, my friend was like, uh, you know, I can't really think of a name because, you know, you'd always get like a code name and you'd always get like Master Chief or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember what mine was, but I was consistent with mine for years. Um, but our friends, Snack. you know, having not gone very often, we'd usually just like make up something or have something else. Um, one of them was like, yeah, just roll your hand on the keyboard for a little bit and that'll be my name. And the guy dutifully does so and shuts down the entire system for three hours. Uh, wow, that's that's pretty great. No one managed to have all this These are like computers that are still running like Windows 2098 Unix systems or something. And, oh wow, yeah, uh-huh. like this 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 stuff is not meant to be shut down ever. Mm-hmm. So my uh, laser tag name, according to that theory, would be six instead of the whole like finger rolling what you should do is you should claw your like fingers in such a way that you have them all outstretched and just smash them down so that you hit five keys simultaneously and see what happens okay that gave me ujkifum <laughs> <laughs> them. Okay. This is the is, this is there are not enough vowels to to justify that level of right. shenanigans. You could switch your keyboard to Dvorak, and then you would get only vowels. <laughs> then you would be AU. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do we have a question that we want to lead in, or a game <gasps> that we want to talk about? That's a good thing to mention early in the podcast. Is that a uh, if you want to get uh, send questions to us, you go, you send an email to fournerdsquestions at gmail.com. That's all spelled out like F-O-U-R-N-E-R-D-S, etc. And we'll answer your questions during the podcast. Unless not- they're really dumb. But some <laughs> of the ones that are really dumb also get answered, so you never know. Sort yeah, of. The, the dumb ones are the ones with, where I with, get up out of my with chair and get a disdain. drink. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, no, the email well, should be the number four no. O-U-R No. And, N E R D Z. Stop it. A second Z. Everything it says is wrong. K W E. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, do we do we have any questions? Quad. What a six point question. Wanda brought it up. So, uh, well, I, I uh, so the, we kind of sidetracked from me saying that I was going to escape rooms. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. can, can you can you tell us about the escape room that made you sick? So I had a long talk about the the crappy one that was basically five crappy riddles and a technical problem causing it to not solve itself for 20 minutes, and then we just mm. left. And yeah. So it was a one-hour thing that we could have solved in about 20 minutes, but we spent 20 minutes waiting for something broken to, to work, so we were right. overthinking it for 20 minutes. Right, uh, that was other the place I've gone Let's to that was fantastic. House. So if anybody's in the like, Sacramento-ish area, there's a place called Enchambered, which is brand new. It just came in, and they have two locations. I, they, they, I mean, they they have two rooms now, and I've done both of them, and they're both fantastic. Like mm-hmm. they have straight up like atmosphere and theming, and and, and ingenious little puzzles, and like, a, mm-hmm. like uh, the first one I did had audio logs. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neat. Like you found a brain in a cabinet and you'd put it on the brain scan thing and it would play a video of like that guy's memories. That's like a, that, that, which was a funny, funnily enough, warning you not to turn off the power, which is what caused the one hour ta- countdown in the first place and stuff like that. Oh, see, mm. see, that's the kind of storytelling that we are discussing. Yeah, that, that, like... that's good. Yeah, that's there's a bunch of cool really things where room. you'll like you'll open up a cabinet that seems like it's just a cabinet, and it turns out to be a crawl space into an entirely separate room, and you don't know how big these these entire mm-hmm. places turn out to be. And then <laughs> the the second one we did was three times as big as the first one out of out of the two that they had there. They they had a eight person and twelve person puzzles, really mm-hmm. big, involved, complicated things, and. The whole thing's uh, run in C++. Like, they have programs running the whole thing. So they have all these complicated builds where they have, like, magnets and chips and things like that that make it so that they can kind of do, like, magic, quote-unquote, stuff. That's pretty freaking cool. Nice. Oh, so So they they can move pieces on boards and such. Yeah, Mm because, like, if you don't have resources, your whole escape room is a bunch of, like, locks and keys and combinations and riddles and stuff. But they mm-hmm. could do stuff like give you tarot cards that were a little little thick to be real tarot cards because they were like cardboard thick. But mm-hmm. that's because they had something in them, obviously. And you'd put them mm-hmm. like on a table in a certain order, like you would in a video game, where they could mm-hmm. get away with that kind of stuff. And it but could then read it would it. like then like a chain would pop off the door on the other side of the room and stuff like that. And you're like, oh my god, we did imagine. So they had the budget to make a make a good experience. Yeah, like there was some, and there awesome. was a lot of really creative like cl- there was puzzles that were like uh, that good. felt like. Uh, 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 keep talking or nobody explodes where two people can't see what the other one are doing but they have to communicate back and forth to solve a puzzle and stuff like that simultaneously Beautiful. and like all these cool things are like revealing hidden messages with different types of lights and mirrors and mm-hmm. hidden oh, compartments yeah. and it was it was a really cool experience the only the only bummer about nice. escape rooms nice, nice, is nice. that you have to deal with the fact that they're multiplayer so it's mm-hmm. all about a big group of people the cool part is the communication puzzle of trying to keep track of uh what everyone's done so far so you can actually be on the same page and because so much stuff is happening but you have to accept mm-hmm. the idea that you're just going to not get to do a lot of stuff because like a bunch of stuff is getting solved all around you and you just don't get to do it all and that's frustrating because when you want to just you when you want to experience everything like i almost wish i could spend like six hours there instead of one hour but just alone so i could look at every single puzzle myself <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that's that was neat. a really that's a really cool experience, and I finally got to do proper escape rooms. So uh, the room you did last week was that one, and you did another escape room where you did the other room they had available. Is that what yeah? You were like at? a month ago, I did one called Containment Breach, wow. and the, and I, we just did one called the Whispering Halls, which was three, have, time, three many, times the size of the Containment offer? Breach. That's how many the two. Rooms Walls Whisper. Is this the two? Okay, they're currently <laughs> building their third one, and they also have plans for a future zombie apocalypse one. Ooh. Well, supposedly I you have these things end up being successful, you know, because yeah. they sound extremely fun from everyone. Now, I've is heard the zombie of apocalypse one going to be one where there's actually zombie like opponents or do you have to find a cure or is there like something? Oh, hey, somebody I hope somebody actually just found it in chat. They found the SCP escape room. The funny mm-hmm. thing about that is it's called SCP containment breach. So immediately I'm like, let the horror game. <laughs> <laughs> it was called SCP Containment Breach, but it had nothing to do with the SCP Foundation, like creepypasta website or the <laughs> That's horror funny. Games I wonder if there's a, uh, like a copyright issue. I assume nobody owns SCP, so I assume not. I don't know. Maybe I it's think all it's public sa- domain. Oh, it's also oh, probably new- something. The acronym probably means like Sacramento something something. Also, oh. so it probably mm. doesn't matter that much. But it, yeah, yeah. But the, I would the, assume the, that the, SCP is probably public domain. 
it'll be interesting to see if the, if the zombie thing turns out to be an Icarus moment or something because their ideas uh-huh. are super ambitious talking about like limited ammo and limited resources and I, I, assu- I assume that it's going to be like a reverse escape room where you lose access Ooh. to rooms over time mm-hmm. you probably are oh, slowly wow. this, like, <laughs> the, the oh, zombie so outbreak is probably back. slowly pushing you through the place and the rooms are probably getting locked off behind you and stuff like that like I have but no idea how they're going to do it too slow you die that'd be cool I think so and then but you those die are, those in real really life, cool, somebody though. comes out and shoots you. I mean, those, no, those not are, that. Those are a fun experience, and uh, yeah, we solved the last one in, in the last five minutes. Which was really oh, pulse-pounding oh, stuff. I, that, I thought you meant you solved the entire room in five minutes. It was like, Oh no, damn, we solved it in the last five minutes. That's actually a pretty pathetic you, experience. You have, you have one hour for each, and we mm-hmm. were down to the wire for the second one. That was tense. Yeah, to solve your issue, Keith, with the whole everyone solving puzzles simultaneously and never being able to get the full experience, have there ever been rooms where it's very linear, where you have to solve one puzzle before the next one is revealed, or you're allowed so to you, interact with it, or is it... So the the crappy one we did was completely non-linear in that it was five parallel puzzles that pretty much just all dead-ended immediately, and then the thing was over, mm-hmm. but... Right. Uh, Generally, for what I'm getting from the ones I've done so far, it seems like a good escape room is going to have multiple parallel threads that mm-hmm. each kind of have their linear progressions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to solve certain puzzles to get to other puzzles, especially coming down to concepts like having to open doors to even access parts of the entire area. Right. But uh, there's always multiple things going on at once because you can't have, like, 15 people staring at one puzzle. Yeah, that's true. I suppose if there were rooms designed yeah. for like groups of four, or... there's probably a too many cooks in the kitchen type of situation that can easily happen. Like I imagine most puzzles probably taper off in funitude if they're involving more than like three people or four people on it. Yeah, there's a lot going on. They also yeah. add some fun to it by having a. They give us. They give you one. They they take away all your stuff. You can't have uh, phones mm-hmm. or any tools or anything. They give you yeah, one notepad to write on, and it's like a mm-hmm. digital notepad where you press a button to clear the whole screen at once, and you're writing on it with mm-hmm. a little with a little ta- uh, oh, stylus. So. Oh, stylus! God, so, that's nineties. <laughs> so, so one person in the entire room can write, and about half of you have a light source. <laughs> so you're walking around with that lanterns. That sounds kind or of almost infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> so it it encourages you to go around in pairs and communicate and stuff like that. But oh, okay. uh, which is important because uh, you know, a surprising number of puzzles are actual multi-person mm. puzzles and stuff like that. There's a lot Sounds of like, like somebody smart made it. Yeah, there's a lot of moments of like a clue is on the other side of the uh, is on this side of the room, but the device is on the opposite side of the room, and they're so both you have to, attached mm-hmm. to walls. Have one so you're, press it. yeah, you're going back and forth and things like that. It's it was a really cool experience. It's the only problem is that they're real, so they have to build them and they take forever, mm. and then 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 they're out of them when you finish doing them. <laughs> That's a bummer. So I, I either have to find new ones or wait for them to build a new one. But that was a cool experience. I'm happy that it turned out to actually be cool and not that first one I went to. Now, did you... I know you did one of them with Andrew. Was this with friends again, or are you just kind of going to these on your own? Uh, the second one was... The the two that were good were eight, and we did, went with eight people for the first one, which was, which was an eight-person one. The other one was 12 to 15 people, and we went with 14 people. Right. So, so Andrew you, was at wow. both. Joe was at the second one. Uh, my mm. my roommate Marty was at both of them. So you mm. knew every single person there? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They're all from the. They were from one organized Facebook group, so we all knew each other somewhere. 
but I didn't know everyone. Okay, there's, it's too big yeah. of a group. I, at this at oh. this point, I'm so disconnected from like people and socialization that it's just like yeah. I can't imagine getting. I, I'd probably be able I mean, to even muster that, that people... back in my hometown. Mm-hmm. Even with that but many people, you basically need friends again. of friends at some point. Right. Yeah. To right. get twelve people know, that all want to have the same interest, like. Even when I was a social butterfly with actual physical people, uh, trying to get like six people to go anywhere was like three really of them hard. would flake out instantly, yep. and it's uh, just like, well, uh, th- that's the thing. There are a lot of friends that I have uh, where I met them through other friends, and though we all became good friends together, it seemed like you would rarely have one-on-one interaction with one friend in that group because they were so enmeshed with the others. So I know that there have been numerous instances where I have to call around to four or five different people trying to get everyone together. And it's like, oh, well, you know, Saturday works for me, but Sunday is no good and I can't work weekdays or oh, you know, mm-hmm. you're going back and forth with that. Yeah, it's tough. And then you feel bad when there's like a conflicting situation where most people can go one day, but it would exclude one or two people. Or then if you chose to do another day, then most but another two people would be left out. And it's mm. like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. We had to reschedule so many times. It's actually kind of infuriating. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so speaking uh, of escape rooms, video though. Games, uh, questions. I'm We're going to talk really about questions f- or video game. We'll, we'll, yeah, oh. I'll get, I'm getting to something. Because speaking okay. of escape rooms, I'm really frustrated with uh, Resident Evil 7's handling of something related to that. <laughs> Are you still playing that? No. No. Resident okay. Evil 7 has DLC. One oh, of which yes? is an escape room. It has, it has DLC. It's been around DLC. for like a month. Yeah, I know. It launched with DLC on PS4. God. It's triple it's A, so they don't oh, care yeah, about Oh, yeah, I forgot standards. about this. Uh, They'd released the DLC on like the last day or so. Oh, come on. Uh, they released the day, the DLC on like the last day uh-huh. or something like that, uh, that I was at Stainless's place. And, um, and uh, he's like, should we play it? And I'm like, dude, it's PS4 only. And he's like, well, that's bullshit. Yeah. Because we played it on PC. Yep, uh-huh. so you just don't get to have the DLC until it comes yeah. out later. Because it is like, coming can, to everything, but not yet. Yeah, I can understand that, but from like a YouTube perspective, which is like, to be fair, the ultra-spoiled perspective. Yeah. Uh, Little. The, it's okay. the idea of anybody it, it doing that is just like, It comes down to Rooster Teeth complaining Ooh. about cloud syncing problems for their work for their work video game consoles and their like home video game consoles. <laughs> yes. They're getting to really, really specific problems that only they have. Right, <laughs> yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But the the it the issue I have with the DLC besides obviously yeah it sucks that it's the day one DLC so it was held back obviously mm. and it sucks that it's timed exclusive for certain platforms because that's irritating. Uh, it's also bundled, exclu- like it's actually a required bundle in that it's not you can't buy the specific thing you want. Like yeah. there's a thirty dollar season pass, which is already a huge ask. But then the individual DLC itself is like $10 because it in itself is a bundle of three DLCs for some reason instead of being three DLCs. So one of them is some attempt at like having a Resident Evil roguelike or something where you play through an area and elements of it are randomized and you try to get through it without dying and it starts over over and over again. One of them's a survival mm-hmm. mode, because there's always a survival mode added to every Resident Evil game. And the other one's right. the escape room I want to play. But I don't want to pay $10 for like a one-hour escape room for in a mm-hmm. video game when it, w- that comes with two things I don't want to play. Because the other two don't think don't really sound fun to me, which is frustrating. So, I assume the escape room is uh, themed basically like the happy birthday 
room yeah. all over again. Yeah, okay. It's actually the same character. I, I figured it's, it's Clancy again, but presumably beforehand. <laughs> oh, so it's like the Clancy's the character Clancy that gets kidnapped day. in the Clancy's mm-hmm. the, the uh, VHS character you play in the demo and the first level of the game, and yeah. they use him as an excuse for various DLCs because you can play as Clancy in a bunch of scenarios that where the where Lucas the probably screwing matter. with him. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, that, the dude can only take so many nails to the face, though. I mean, you have <laughs> to think gun. like, yeah, <laughs> you have to think like maybe the first couple of uh, escape rooms they're going easy on him. Probably, considering <laughs> how one of the game goes, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Resident Evil 7 is really neat. Yeah, that, I liked that, it, yeah, and I didn't neat. like it. It was weird. I'm super into it. I think watching it. it was pretty bad, honestly. I, from my perspective, I liked the idea of it, but I didn't mm-hmm. actually like the game until I hit the boat. Once I hit the, oh, boat, yeah, the boat, I was all on board. The boat but really turns the game that, around. Before that, I was just like, all right, I have no real interest in anybody here or any of the things Mm -hmm. that I'm doing. I've only played Resident Evil 2, both campaigns, and the Nintendo 64, seen most of 4 that my Mm -hmm. friend was playing on the Wii, and then 5 because my roommate and her friend were playing that together. Yep, Talk so... about a series that really went off the rail, though. When you outline all those, I think like, oh yeah, that's what that game was like. Oh yeah, oh, that's you what just... that game was like. You just made oh, me realize what's missing yeah, from this game. What? Seven. What? When uh, Shout said both campaigns. Oh yeah, like, oh. there needs to be like a like an Albert Wesker campaign. No, right? no, there should be, no, <laughs> there should be like they a Mia campaign. Had an alternate campaign though. Well, it was just cooked into the game, hidden behind an alternate ending, sort of. Yeah, yeah. No. So in, in Resident Evil 2, it was you had the, the choice, choice doesn't of playing lead to big, as big changes. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Actually, it changes the order of events. Well, no, 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 no. Hold on. For Resident Evil bosses. 7, the choice is you choose one character, you get the the alternate good campaign or the bad ending. Basically. Yeah, it's good ending, bad ending, but it's also bad ending or more more story and like understanding. Like I feel bad for anybody that didn't pick Mia for it because you just missed out on like a solid chunk I, of the game. I this- question those people anyway. I guess we're doing spoilers for Resident Evil Seven, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're already well, jumping straight to the yeah, ending. Yeah, that's wait, no, that's not really too big of a spoiler. But it, Mia versus it, it, depending Zoe, on where you go. go from here, I don't see it as making it very spoilery. Is that the biggest spoiler ever in that it's a game where the story is not the point necessarily. Right. But no. yeah, it's already out now that you choose. It's been out for them. a month. Well, well what I liked yeah, about... but that's not. <laughs> we why have this conversation that... a lot. Why yeah. does the Nintendo 64 era game seem to give you like a, a male character playthrough and a female character playthrough for games? Because it was like that with. That's a really good Apple. point. Because um, it was Leon and uh, Claire. Because had... graphics budgets weren't actually as like restrictive. You mm. you could easily like recycle stuff, and a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of accepted it because their standards were lower. Whereas like now, if say you have like the female campaign, you have to make something new, right? Or true. you have because well, I think the fact that there's not two the campaigns level. might have to do with the fact that this was an experiment, and they were yeah. probably hedging their bets a little bit. 
Capcom's one of those companies like Square Enix that constantly overprojects how how successfully any game's going to do and always says every game that sells super well underperformed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're cutting costs a little bit by making it a more linear, not not linear, but uh, having it be a one character campaign because their previous game had four campaigns. Well, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which game is that? Resident Evil Resident 6. Resident Evil 6. I guess it's not the previous game. Technically, they had Revolution, Revelations. Yeah, Revelations and... 1 and 2 mm-hmm. happened also, but Resident Evil 6 was was four campaigns. Really? Yeah, I, it never... was a mess. Keith, Keith and I tried playing it a little bit back when we lived in New York. You and I lived in New York, not mm-hmm. Keith. Um, and <laughs> that was... Uh, we only got, I want to say, a couple hours in, and it was... It's dire. Um, yeah. The mm, best it's... you can say about Resident Evil 6 is that you can play it as a mindless bro-op shooter like Gears of War, but it's mm-hmm. not as mechanically like it's not it doesn't have the mechanics of any of those other games that are that are good in that genre. So it's it's just good for a mindless game. Like it's it's not a competently made Resident Evil game. I mean, it's super competently made in that it's a incredibly polished expensive game, but from a design perspective, it's a nightmare. <laughs> It's just really you, terrible, you know the, boring levels for t- 20 hours. Did you know the very first video game that had uh, the ability to have like a male character campaign and a female character campaign? Uh, the very first game that let you do that was Dino City. Really? Dino City? Yeah. What's that? No, I, uh, yeah, so in Dino City, like if you, were, if you played as the dude, you were able to punch. And if you played as like the girl character, you were able to jump higher or something <laughs> okay Weird. So just... i don't and yeah and you got completely different you know, there's a different campaign mode you can go through different doors at the end of the levels i don't uh, actually know if that was the first game or not i made that up but thinking about male <laughs> character versus female character different campaigns i was like oh yeah dino city let you do that now, and then i, I thought I how we... can i weave dino city into the topic <laughs> and then just dominate this conversation for a minute much to shell had... and wander chagrin oh, sorry yeah, no, we also okay. had Castlevania 64, I believe. Uh, oh, what a shitty game. <laughs> the bouncer. Oh. And <laughs> the I, I just remember that there was the whip, uh-huh. and uh, that was the guy's weapon, wasn't it? Yeah. The guy had a whip, and I don't remember what the chick had. Yeah. I just saw my brother playing through it at one point, and he was trying to cheese the game. Mm. Uh, I have such a weird I, I want to go back to Capcom for a second seeing as you were mentioning Capcom being like super mm-hmm. who owns Castlevania Konami so it's dead yeah oh. it's, dead. Oh. it's okay Wait, it's just one of the gone? best franchises ever made it's okay <laughs> Castlevania hasn't been good in like 20 years either yeah, yeah. also because of Konami there was, yeah. a, there was a time when it seemed like all of these high end games were making fighters like one on one versus fighters for a while. Oh, uh, um, yeah. What was it? Uh, anyway, can I can I say my thing? Sorry. Sure. Uh, so like for Capcom, Capcom's made like or been behind like a silly amount of like really good games like Mega Man, uh, Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, whatever. And I always like have the hardest time kind of understanding their thought process with things. Uh, they also had like. Lost Planet. Did did you guys ever play Lost Planet? Yeah, I like no, the first one. It, yeah, yeah. I kind of know. One I know enough was, about it. The mm-hmm. first one was great. It was like this weird, like it. W- it got it, so anime. <laughs> it was very anime, yeah. but like it's it was this really mech fights by the end. 
Well, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. but like it was this it kind is of Capcom. Yeah, it, it was this kind of cool semi anime thing about like you're on a frozen planet and there's like these weird bugs and you have to not only like manage your heat and fight things and whatever, but you know it was a cool experience. And then mm-hmm. the second game was like randomly games for Windows Live. And, like, a four-player bro-op shooter, but, like, super mismanaged and terribly priced and stuff like that. And it's just, like, I... Uh, it was a grinding like, game. It became yeah. a, a completely lacking in story, like, grind away at resources and numbers and stuff like that game. As opposed to the first one, which was a single-player linear, uh, like, campaign to play through. Would that happen to have an arena fight mode you could play? Which was also pretty fun. And then the third one, they tried to go back to the first one, but keep a lot of the features of the second one. And it was just like, it was pure garbage. And it always just kind of bothers me that Capcom makes these like really cool games. And then I want to say just like mismanage the, mismanages them wi- wildly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mismanages is the perfect thing to call it. That's why you never yeah. know what the quality is going to be like from game to game is because you don't know if like the A team is going to take care of it or if they're just <laughs> going to like shovel it towards mm-hmm. someone like Dead Rising 3. Yeah, I yeah. How and much four. Of that's influenced by the death or departure of like a, the, a lot of the original creative team it, and writing team. Sort of. I know, like for Mega Man, the series started going down because was it Inafune? Mm-hmm. Uh, he left, but after Mighty Number no. Nine, I'm fairly certain Inafune was not the uh, the necessary party for mm-hmm. uh, for Mega Man to do well. But I'm reading they also... a little bit about Capcom's history, and there's something that sticks out. Like it's actually owned by Blockbuster, and they make the decisions. Like it just what? seems like it's a no, no. It's not. It's not. <laughs> That'd be funny, but no. Because like, there's with, nothing. Uh, there's no, there's no excuse. Done basically. For. Yeah, because with yeah. Konami, the excuse is they went into gambling because it's more profitable in Japan. Um, and so pachinko and stuff like that, which is so weird yeah Mm. what happened with konami is the fear people should have about both console manufacturers that aren't nintendo (laughs) is -hmm. that they're both super companies that do a whole bunch of other things and they could just stop caring about video games yeah Mm. and everything they own is gone because they just stopped bothering (laughs) imagine if the if uh every console was the vita uh for like (laughs) Sony. It's just like, well, this didn't do well. I guess let's just nix this for a while. Yeah, like companies are pretty selfish. Like if they have a if they have uh a bunch of IPs they have that only they own and they're going under or or something and they're or they're just not going to use them anymore, they usually just hold on to them anyway if they can. Yep. And mm-hmm. so yeah. all the Uncharted's and Last of Us's or Halo's, all these exclusive things for one that are owned by first party things, like they could just be gone one day because the, is, the people that own them just stop caring. Is Uncharted owned by Sony? I thought Almost that was certainly. Naughty Dog. It's, ba- it's made Sony, by Naughty Dog, but sure as hell isn't on anything else. Because I know Ratchet and Clank pre- is owned by Sony, now, but it's primarily produced by... I think uh, I think excluding Crash Bandicoot, everything made by Naughty Dog for the last 20 years is owned by Sony, as IPs okay. go, because it sure as hell has never been on any other platform. Speaking of Sony, I've been surprised with the whole like Marvel universe. I mean, obviously Sony had had what was it, X Men and well, Spider Man for a while, but Spider Man's been. There's actually a difference between Sony uh, the games and Sony the movies. What and whatever, yeah, they're separate. Okay. I don't know how separate they are, but they're significantly more separate than like. They're the same parent company, though. Yeah, but um, 
beyond that, like, even the parent company doesn't have a whole lot of control. I was reading an article on it a while ago, and it's like, the uh, CEOs between the Sony games and the Sony, um, between Sony games and Sony um, movies don't talk to each other regularly and stuff like that. If they ever speak again, they'll have a fight to the death. (laughs) But what what intrigued me was the whole thing with, uh, I mean... They had tried to to milk Spider Man for as long as possible, but it seems Ew. like I don't know if they're. <laughs> oh gosh! Spider milk. For goodness' sake, guys! Show you my milk. web spinner. Spider milk. Does <laughs> whatever steel. milk does. It stays sticky for ten hours. <laughs> no, Kate. Doesn't. You did this, Shell. <laughs> you did this. Okay, uh, anyway, so... In any case, so they tried to make as many movies as possible, even though a lot of the later ones were horrible. Uh, but now they've handed off to Marvel. We still have not seen anything of the new Spider-Man film. I have. What? They've had a lot of trailers. Um, We're just not paying attention to it. Okay, well, I don't know. It looks like also, it's going to be good. They're also integrating him into the Avengers and stuff, so yeah. it's interesting seeing, like, the actors change over three times. Um... But in any case, and then, like, I mean, the X-Men series is going strong-ish. First Class was good. Whatever the one after First Class was pretty good. Apocalypse was atrocious. Oh, Days of Future Past. And any time they ever have anything to do with Wolverine, it's just... Hugh Jackman. Give up. Like, it's weird. Hugh Jackman's a decent actor, but whatever they write for him is just, like, drivel. Well, that's when he had all his spinoff films as Wolverine. We we watched the one that took place in Japan, and that one was pretty bad. But uh, it just, and um, it's interesting when you see different iterations of the same characters simultaneously, like like uh, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch, because they are both owned. Well, by yeah, different companies. it's because they're they're on different like Marvel teams, so they can kind of get away with it. No, 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 but no, those are different contracts. Well, they they like Sony had actually been able to get the contract well, for those so characters. So Marvel before sold sold Disney. Marvel did it. not sell Sony uh, Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver. They sold the mutant franchise, so anything related to the X Men. However, Quicksilver and Scarlet is, Witch are both Avengers, which is why the comics and Agents of Shield are constantly pushing the Inhumans with a big old yes. air quotes, which is totally different from the mutants because they have a different name. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, they've so. got to the point where Marvel will just straight up kill off an entire comic line that they don't have the rights to anymore just to starve out Sony and Fox. <gasps> Isn't Fantastic Four dead? Is that the one they just yeah. killed? Yeah, yeah it's just fan- gone wow. now. Fantastic they just don't is, make Fantastic Four comics. Well, part of it is... See, fa- this is... This not, is shall, why I think Disney's taking over. Rain in your righteous anger. Fantastic Four has been going down for oh. years, though. Fantastic Four was a comic that was made entirely to appeal to the kind of, like, World of Tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mentality uh, back in... Oh, it's Fox, though? You know, whatever. X-Men? Yeah, they did do the Oh, yeah, Fox and original X-Men, Fox. whatever. Well, um, then... It oh. doesn't matter. But so... Uh, you know, Fantastic Four was, you know, supposed to appeal to that kind of mentality. The problem is um, they never modernized them well. So they have this, like, dumb space car and, like, they were doing weird, like, sci-fi stuff. But they never fit well into the rest of the, uh, mar- like, the Marvel Universe. Apart from, like, occasionally making a cameo to, like, 
do science shit, but that's Anything really Guardians just... Guardians of the Galaxy whatever. does. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose they're well, a really like, like, disparate group of Guardians characters. Guardians of the Galaxy but... is totally just... They they were like, well, we have a lot to work with because we've never been a um, a very like cohesive storyline or plot or even characters. Hell, uh, Star-Lord is like the only common element and maybe... Uh, what's her face? Gamora. Yeah, Gamora. But like the rest of them are just kind of here or there characters. Fans. Yeah, but, like, even then, they weren't really that big in the comics. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy was a crapshoot that the movie did amazingly in the box office. James Gunn and said, go wild. Yeah, and so what, what James Gunn did was said, you know what people like? I, I'm, I'm just going to conjecture. Have you, have you guys seen Slither? Long time. I haven't seen Slither. You should see Slither. <laughs> okay. Because okay. I saw but, Slither uh, before Guardians. I'm like, oh, Guardians is going to be great. <laughs> I get it, and it was, and I'm like, oh, it was great for all the reasons I thought it would be too. It for me, it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy is like, you know what people like? People really liked Firefly. Let's you know modernize it, make it into like, you know, kind of. Let's aim for that. And I felt Mm -hmm. like, at least that's kind of the general feel (laughs) I saw when I saw that movie, and I was like, this is really good. And you don't get that with like Fantastic Four because it's too established. And a bad way because you can't. There was no wiggle room with the with the team. That's like the argument people have with Superman too. Certain heroes are having a difficult time oh, yeah. aging into the uh, new generation. So, I mean, honestly, that's always been a problem. Batman's easy to modernize because just give him new gadget gadgets and stuff like that. Superman's always been this kind of weird immortal Boy Scout that I don't know. He's that's hard to thing. attach people yourself like to. Conflicted characters with flaws. Well. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Weird personality. I'm fine with non-conflicted ones. It's just like you have a character that's like baseline immortal. It's really hard to write them interesting. Apart from give them, you give have them to the have most... even bigger villains. Yeah, but like, really, it's just here's his Achilles heel. That's the only way to generally harm him. Apart mm-hmm. from just ignoring him and going off and doing your own thing. It's it's a hole that you write yourself into. It's why the uh, it's why the Sentinel. Uh, in the Marvel Universe, is a schizophrenic and, like, generally in prison. Because that's way more interesting to write around. Although Shell's not, Shell's not wrong to point the finger at Disney, though, because nowadays uh, Marvel They're comics... They're mixing everything. Are ba- well, can I, can I just say it? <laughs> okay, so Nowad- Nowadays, Marvel comics... Uh, their entire point, basically, is just to basically brainstorm for future movies. Yes, because the most mm. successful You're... comic in the world is worthless to them. <laughs> like no, comics are not an industry that makes Disney money. They, they don't, that doesn't matter to them. So instead, mm. they're using the writers to keep brainstorming new ideas, which is why we have. It's probably why we have something as, as absurd as a Civil War two <laughs> and stuff like that. So is because they're uh, they're they're pitching ideas for future movies and testing them with comic book audiences to see if they'll work for an actual mm-hmm. movie down the line, like ten years from now. Well, so, also, are they using those comic books to fill in spaces between the movies as well, just not, to establish? No, it? that doesn't not, matter. Yeah, no? yeah, they don't. They they make it so the movies the, are standalone. The comics less so. If you're uh, the audience is there's actually extremely little overlap. Honestly. Yeah, if you're the movie audience, you don't care about anything besides the other movies. Right. Uh, so comics that fill the gap don't mean really make sense. Like there's a Guardians mm-hmm. cartoon that I don't think has any continuity with the movie. It's also yep. terrible. Or at least it's the first hard episode. enough to manage the canon anyway, so... 
Because, yeah, like, you I can't have... incorporate things people aren't going to be aware of in your movie. Mm, yeah. I mean, a major reason why I had read graphic novels, at least the American variety for a time, was because Dark Horse had done so much with the Clone Wars and all of the mm -hmm. uh, spaces in between, like, let's go say episode six and the future and everything else. And, yeah, but because that's all out of cont continuity and they don't mm. seem to be making anything new for it, I mean... Is all that creativity gone just for the sake of making? Well, more I mean, of these part films? of it is Marvel comics have always been kind of bloated anyway, so like you can't exactly say all that creativity is <laughs> gone. Like one thing I like about kind of independent graphic novels is because they generally have a beginning, a middle, and an end mm -hmm. that you can kind of latch onto. Marvel comics baseline are designed to never end. That's the thing, They too. just live in arcs, and that's it. New IPs. I mean, you haven't really been seeing much for new characters in series when they are essentially no, it's piggybacking easier to just, off the success of the old it's ones. It's just easier to rewrite, reboot, or make an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. I just can't care too much about anything that reboots and rewrites and starts over, over, and over again, to mm -hmm. some extent. Like, like I can. one of the mm -hmm. reasons why I can still keep reading Walking Dead despite all of the issues and how long it is and everything, is that it's still one story. They haven't pulled the supreme bullshit of, like, resurrecting somebody and killing them or starting the story over with a hip, cool audience or any weird stuff like that. There's no there's no remix alternate world Spider-Man with tech powers mm. or whatever. Like, that was the cool thing about, like, as a kid who didn't know anything about uh, comic continuity and the bullshit that it entails, is I, mm -hmm. I watched the Batman cartoon, which was amazing, and yeah. then I watched its follow-up cartoon, where my Batman's mm -hmm. old now and Tracy's the new Batman, because I'm like, yes, that's how stories are supposed to work. But then I learned how bad the actual comics would uh, treat the, the character where Batman gets killed but then comes back to life in the past as a caveman and like whatever the hell crap they write and like all the terrible terrible stuff that happens over the course of the actual source material like mm -hmm. uh i'm the last person that'll get mad about being true to the source material to a comic oftentimes because often most of the stuff i, I most of the adaptations of comic books i feel like have actually been better than the comic books as far as, like, if you take a, if you look at comics as a whole versus their adaptations as a whole, I think that the adaptations have a better average. <laughs> Even if maybe it does that one story specifically wrong or something like that or less well. Like, damn, <laughs> I've seen some dumb shit in actual comics <laughs> at this point. And it's, it's not, I can't even slightly get invested in how dumb it gets. Mm -hmm. I suppose that's because of serialization. It's because, yeah, yeah it's money-making names, so they have to go on forever. It's like Doctor Who, but you're supposed to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Which makes me wonder what will happen when the actors age out of some of their roles. Usually they kill the character. Uh, mm -hmm. They've kind of already done that with uh, the Marvel Universe. Though I guess it doesn't matter as much, but like they just straight up killed off uh, Wolverine. Mm. Mm -hmm. At least for the time being. I don't think they brought him back yet. He's been dead for a couple of years. Oh, you mean the, you mean mean the comic character? She means the yeah. actors. But she means yeah. the movie character, and they probably I mean, eventually like a lot of them. Like some characters, you can recast, especially if you're starting over. But uh, uh -huh. oftentimes, you need to this in movies more so than anywhere, especially with Marvel movies where they're being actually successful. They're going to have to actually either have somebody else take up the mantle, and it's a canonical like they're a different human being taking up the mantle of that hero, or just mm -hmm. flat out like introduce new heroes. Yeah, like there can't be a new Iron Man. 
Yeah. Nobody can replace Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as that character specifically. That's impossible. That's it, that's actually fairly interesting because um, it seems to be something that really only holds true for like the superhero movies. Uh, and that what's really fascinating to me um, is that that's a similar phenomenon to what happens with voice actors, where mm-hmm. uh, like nobody. Uh, like uh, Mark Hamill is like the official Joker, and like that's <laughs> the end of that. Um, uh, Except and, when he's Troy Baker. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But uh, and then like it becomes really really controversial where like we have the new Powerpuff Girls where they don't have the old voice actresses back. Like that was like really like a really big scandal to the voice acting community. Oh yeah, it's um, like how the Dragon Ball people say that Dragon Ball's canceled if the voice actor for Goku ever dies. Yeah, I mean. That's a fair. That's a that's a fair conclusion to make. I, mean, I think. Yeah, they can just hire two voice actors because they can't find a voice. No, the, the Japanese voice actor. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I mean, I know that sometimes they just find someone with a similar enough voice, and I mean that's a slap in the face. But I wonder if it's because of budgetary reasons they don't want to pay mm-hmm. the original actors as much as they should, or mm-hmm. how it works. But. I just think I mean, when they, it comes to Marvel movies, particularly, like people won't accept the idea of like, oh yeah, Chris Evans is no longer uh, Captain America. This other person's Captain America. We're just not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've just seen it too much with Spider Man, but Spider Man they were reboots, so it makes sense that they yeah. could get a new actor in there. Although it'd be really funny if they like lampshade hung it for pretty much no reason. Like, wow, Spider Man, you. Gained or lost a bunch of weight since the last time I saw you. Are you wearing contacts? I remember your <laughs> eyes were blue a couple movies ago. A couple movies ago. Anyway, I mean, let's that, go get that. I mean, that that's Sandman. a Deadpool joke. <laughs> yeah, kind of. In fact, those are actual Deadpool jokes that Deadpool makes in the Deadpool movie. <laughs> it's to making oh, fun really? of casting changes in movies and even his own. The Deadpool movie makes fun of Ryan Reynolds' own past superhero characters. Because he's like, I totally uh, missed yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Green, Green Lantern. Green Lantern and Deadpool. The other Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He I, had a, that he had flew a little... right over my head, apparently. Dude, he had a little plastic Deadpool from the yeah, previous like, movie. Like With claw hands Deadpool. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> it was great. That was, that was a good gaffe. I liked that one. Yeah. I, mm. That movie was beautifully, beautifully written. I think if it were any other hero, it would have been pure garbage. Right. Yeah, I think that's a but fair because, assessment. Because it was uh because it was partially Ryan Reynolds. I mean, honestly, I'm actually going to give him credit for was... a significant portion of that movie's success. Cuz like oh, I yeah. think he self-funded it and like he, I think one of the was lead made writers purely by him <laughs> as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now the thing is that one's he's with the mutants. He's yeah. not with the uh-huh. Marvel Disney. Yeah, Deadpool was no, sold alongside don't... the X-Men. Yeah, yeah so like with Colossus and <laughs> yeah. Super Childish Boom Boom or whatever her name was. Uh, Supersonic Negasonic. Radioactive Teenager Splosion. Sonic. Yeah, Teenage Warhead. I believe. Uh, Negasonic. Yeah. That might have been part of her name. Yeah, I think it was Neg- Negasonic. Girl. That's Deadpool. a Sonic that's really fat and slow. No, not, not Negas- Girlfriend. Deadpool yeah, Girl. Negasonic Teenage, Teenage Warhead. Wars- Warhead. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great name, except for the part where you can't ever remember it. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that they would just call them Warhead. Or Apparently, something. she actually was a. Uh, She's a real character. Yeah, barely. I've read a lot of X Men comics. Oh yeah, New X Men 115. 
Yeah. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you got to scroll okay. for a while when you search her name before you get an actual comic book panel, as opposed to pictures of the movie. <laughs> well, she was barely a character. Like, um, the the new X Men, uh, the com- the X Men comics love to do the reboot thing, where it's like, here's a new line of young X Men to kind of reboot the X-Men without and you know let's have the old characters be okay. she looks like a Dark Souls NPC mm. <laughs> the, the yeah. actual comic character uh, yeah the one you're looking at with a kind of like weird gray skin yeah yeah she does but like um, they they like to they like to reboot it with like new kids and whatever and like new powers and then they kind of conveniently kill them off and they don't do well because you know, they're obviously not the original, mm-hmm. uh, the original it's people. It's hard for people to associate with the... But the thing is, if they can do something with Guardians of the Galaxy, which was relatively unknown to most mainstream audiences, they should be able to create new lines of heroes. Yeah, they like should. Suicide Squad. Yeah. All it takes <laughs> is writers and innovation and creative and force and other things that people don't spend money on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Suicide yeah. Squad. I, it's part of the reason why I'm always so mad about that. Like, we have we have a whole podcast on that one. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reason I why I'm always so. Another. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we'll go watch Suicide Squad and then we can do <laughs> no. the. No, no, no! I don't, no. I don't, I don't want to take my mind with that. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you saying? Go for uh, it. I was just gonna say it's what part of the reason why I'm always so like gung ho about. Um, uh, you know, video games over movies because I feel like kind of the uh, the culture behind making games tends to be a little bit more. Uh, well, people have been arguing that the push to make new games on a yearly basis for a lot of studios yeah, is starting but to create. A pressure. lot of studios are stopping with that. Assassin's yep. Creed has stopped with its yearly churn. Call of Duty has slowed down. Um, like that that whole churn but thing. But we still get an Earth thing. Defense Force every year. <laughs> you know what? I want to play EDF <laughs> with you guys. EDF seems like it would actually be a lot of dumb fun. I just <clears> want to wait until it's cheaper because forty, it's fifty the, bucks it's for the a game. Warriors of shooters. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I was wrong. I don't think they come out every year, but for a while they no, were. It's, it's every couple. <laughs> I think it's every two years because the last EDF came out in two thousand fifteen, and the next one's coming out in two thousand eighteen. Or Jesus. this year. One or the other. I don't exactly remember. Yep. People will annualize when they can. But yeah, yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. the issue with uh, trying to make proper, innovative things for movies is that no big studio wants to. Uh, they're, it's they're, too risky. They're, they're Way too risky. They're, yeah, their entire leadership is based around finding things that are already successful and making movies, movies out of them. Mm-hmm. Like you, If you write a book... And it just resonates with any audience. Like suddenly, you you go from someone that nobody's ever heard of to suddenly like people fighting over the movie rights to your book that you didn't know you existed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the time, I was blown away by how fast that like uh, I almost wanted to say Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus is the wrong movie. Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, the, Parnassus was good. Yeah, Peregrine, the, the time not so much, between though. it coming out and becoming a movie was ridiculous. <laughs> It, like was, it was a new, like on the order of months, right? Well, I mean, I I read it on my geology trip right around the time, like when I was starting my YouTube channel, basically, and it was oh, and it's okay. already a movie this year. And mm. yeah, like, I the so not months, per- but like I think years? they were finishing the movie before the the second book was even done. <laughs> wow, it's a terrible movie. Uh, yeah, by the way, for the next Harry Potter, I guess that's a god awful. Oh, mo- that's a god awful movie. <laughs> didn't they do that with um? 
Oh, shoot. His uh, Dark Materials, that first one, whatever it was called. Oh, the Golden, mm -hmm. golden Compass. Compass. Sorry, I wanted to say the Polar older, Express, and I'm like, that very much is not part of that series. Um, they but, put the first movie out, and it did not well, do Well, they're well. rebooting it as a BBC series, Oh, I think. Yeah, and that's or the thing. Or maybe it's already out, but he's also doing a sequen sequel series. I hated those books. Those are... Ugh. I mean, they're dark. No, it's not even that they're dark. It's just their plot was wacky. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. No, I what mean, I was thinking of is even crazier than that, actually, was uh, uh, The Fault in Our Stars went from being mm -hmm. a book to a movie, like, immediately. Uh, who's that? That is uh, Neil Gaiman? No, that's uh, John Green. Oh, John Green. Yeah, right. It's Same. a 2012 book that came in, out in January. It was a movie released in May 2014. <laughs> wow. Only two years, not not to, like for all of production and distribution, and even picking up on the like they had to pick up on the book so fast after it was published to even decide that to make it into a movie. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's like they're yeah. they're they have a whole cast of people that just hunt for the next thing that's already successful to make a movie out of, as opposed to making movies that are anything new or well anything. It actually makes a lot of sense from a movie perspective, almost because. Uh, you, you probably have to, have to pay to rewrite you, the. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you probably also have to pay the uh, the author a fair fair chunk of royalties, uh, if you're um. You know, if you're licensing a book from them, like Harry Potter, must have been pretty expensive to light license from J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah, whereas, probably. Whereas, like, <laughs> if you can jump if on an author be before they're like super super popular, yeah, she gave mm -hmm. away a lot of her money, from what I remember. Yeah, uh, she, 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 made, she was the metric. She would she had the, like, the record though for being the uh, the only person to ever become a billionaire just by writing. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Obviously, uh, the money came from non-writing things, but she just wrote. <laughs> but like, if you can jump on that that author before uh, they get you know big and famous, yeah, I bet the royalties are way cheaper, and they can just roll in it. But if the movie does poorly, it could ruin the book sales. The Fault or... in Our Stars was no produced for twelve million dollars, and the book off and the box office was three hundred million dollars. So clearly, they're actually doing a good job with this. Oh yeah, remarkably they already, they already, cynical. They already made process. another movie. They already made another <laughs> movie out of his books. Yeah, those yep, paper yep. towns. Like actually, it... oh sorry, I didn't know if you were going to say something more. That was pretty much it. Just like how fast yeah. they immediately moved on to just serializing that person's novels into movies. Because like, oh, well, it worked once. All right, just greenlight it all. There's a yeah, Predator sequel. What is this? Oh yeah, there's yeah. So there's, many Predator. There's another Alien movies. movie coming out too. It's like how they're well, like, hey, Avatar a RoboCop, did well. Let's make right? four more. Robocop. Well, there, there's oh, no. there's multiple Robocops in a cartoon show. There's multiple Predator movies. Multiple aliens movies, multiple aliens versus well, predator. They also have to. Well, right now with Alien, they have to continue the Prometheus storyline. Yeah, so they're they're doing so that. They're doing that. Although the, although the next one's already not called Prometheus anymore. What's mm. it called? Alien. Uh, alien something. something subtitle. Resur <laughs> not resurrection. <laughs> alien yeah, something something whatever. You'll watch it. Let's see. Alien twenty seventeen. Uh, uh, alien Covenant. Covenant. Okay. okay. Starring Michael and... Fassbender and Catherine Waterson. Yeah, after oh, what she did get him a new yeah. body. As I recall, his head had been torn off at the end of the last film. 
I just find so no it becomes that, a dragoon. That, that, this fine. doesn't have the dragon tattoo girl's name in it, so I guess she's already out of it. <laughs> that was fast. Wait, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Rooney she's not. Mara? She, yeah, she's not in the list of starring people. But huh. but she was the one that survived and had. Too was bad. Gonna take the ship. <laughs> she's oh. not Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, apparently. <laughs> okay. They're not sticking with that protagonist. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Question... She's just a super badass that gave herself so, a C-section and ran. Max? Whatever <laughs> happened to uh, Furiosa's movie? I don't know. I think it's still being made. Probably. Made. I mean, Mad the last Max one took movies... like 20 years to make, so... Yeah, <laughs> Mad Max movies take an inordinate amount of time to film because they don't do CGI. So that means they, they have will. to set everything up manually, which is kind of a pain in the, the butt. The manual cars are beautiful, though. Oh, yeah. Abs- I'm not going mm-hmm. to disagree with you on that. It's mostly just... It is real cool watching that live action giant supercar crash. Yes, like, I never saw Fury Road. I really oh, should. It's uh, yeah, you really know. should. It's, yeah, it, it's. I watched Scarface the other day. That was that was my contribution to catching up in the world of movies. Like I, I, w- I don't know if I'd call it my favorite, but Mad Max Fury Road might be the best movie in the last five years. Mm. Like just sheer mm-hmm. quality and competency and like tightness of a script and beautifulness mm-hmm. and every single technical level, like how you make a movie from like script writing to directing and everything. It's like it's great. Been criminally underappreciated for how good it is. It's like, an absurdly carefully made movie. From a yeah, from a wider really cultural surprised. perspective. Um I had taken my friends, like my hometown friends, out to see it. And I had fortunately been able to invite one of them over to my house to see the original VHSs that we had of uh, the Road Warrior and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, mm-hmm. But the other ones, you know, were going into it completely blind. All they knew was that it was post-apocalyptic and there were going to be a lot of vehicles. And uh, a lot of them really enjoyed it, uh, especially from the writing perspective. A lot of them uh, are writers or they like to write. So, and mm-hmm. yeah. Switches gears to something a little bit more modern. Because uh, we should probably go to, we should probably go to games. Oh, okay. I just had one more okay. thing about. We should probably actually stuff. talk okay. about Resident Evil. <laughs> eh. Yeah, my one. We thing, didn't at all. <laughs> my last thing about like you guys had mentioned how some series are being made into well, television shows versus films. At what point does one make the decision to make something into a television series versus a film? Because we've been watching The Expanse, mm. which is a book so, series. So what you do is if you want to make money, you make a movie. And if you want it to be good, <laughs> you make a show. Yeah. Damn. Like, yeah. yeah. Especially I, for adaptations, which is all they make any nowadays anyway, it's always better as a show. Yeah. They have um, time to develop the characters. And yeah, establish the world. Like, like Keith, if, if you're going to make a movie out of it, it better be like a single book graphic novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you watched The Expanse at all? Or I have heard no of idea it? what that is. Oh. <gasps> I've been it's watching a, um... Legion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, wa- and Walking Dead, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> so The Expanse is based off of um, uh, James Corey's like, Leviathan Wakes Expanse series. Uh, mm. I got I got really into the books a while back. They're like really low sci-fi, like acceleration in space kills people. Low sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. I people have mm. just colonized the asteroid belt and Mars and the and moon. The the premise is, I mean, mostly just <laughs> actually the premise is 
kind of baseline very similar to some of the Gundam plot lines now that I'm thinking about it which is really goofy but effectively you know you've got multiple uh it's it's very key towards people that like Game of Thrones honestly a lot, a lot of political intrigue cloak and dagger shit there's a disparity between the social castes and classes the people that are the miners living in the belt providing the resources for earth mars which is trying to terraform itself so that it gains a level mm. of competencies similar to earth but people- i have to say it's sounds probably like real life yeah, i have to say it's, <laughs> it just sounds yeah. like really realistic oh, it's, a sci- it's-, it's a sci-fi show that's on sci-fi yeah, yeah that's that's i have a rule i usually try to stick to for tv sci-fi shows is that i usually try to wait until they hit like three seasons before i start watching them because yeah, i've been hurt right. too many times point. by canceled shows Right, well, right. they're already halfway into the second season, yeah. and uh, no signs of stopping. Uh, probably not. The books were always super, super. Like I, um, I watched V and flash forward, and I was hurt. Yeah, because oh. they both I, just I think disappeared. You'd be okay with this one, yeah. They also have crazy high production values for like a TV show. Like this is <clears> this is movie budget level of like. There's a lot of lot of. Uh, very high def C- CGI going into these, and it's like you don't see that outside of movies generally because nobody wants to mm. commit the money to it. It's actually one of the few sci-fi sci-fi series that I've watched that I actually really like without aliens involved. Yes, I find that I tend to prefer like different alien races and such to add complexity to character interactions, but they really do make the different cultures of humanity very diverse which uh-huh. is interesting it's it's good people should watch it which is weird I'm for me to say to think, that i'm trying to I think just... of game of thrones plus robots <laughs> and it's well, like no khaleesi robots. is like the queen I mean, of HBO robots wants instead. you to think that that's westworld yeah kind of <laughs> okay so video games we were talking about resident evil so you really liked it i really like uh, it okay so <laughs> i i liked it but I liked I liked it weirdly. I really liked the intro part before you meet Daddy. Mm. Actually, before you even meet Mia, I I liked every every bit of that game, which is you stumbling around the house trying to find clues and find stuff. The moment it went hillbilly murder bothered me a little <laughs> bit, just because I kind of lost connection. It got a little campy for me in a weird way, which and is I what wanted, I loved. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to know more about it, but like it was hard to get into. Mm. And then as soon as you got out of the hillbilly section and back in onto the boat, really, that's when mm-hmm. I liked it again, because it was like, you know, here's kind of this like pseudo horror sci-fi that I can, you know, get back into. Yeah. As somebody who was watching along, I basically watched your entire playthrough. Um, that's exactly how it felt. And I don't know, you probably weren't paying attention to chat whatsoever, but basically everyone was just kind of making fun of the game up until you got to the boat and then people started taking it seriously. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like the That's boat what it got was good. almost <laughs> yeah. The boat was almost kind of the perfect experience because you still had like things around. The one thing I always hated about uh, uh, being in the houses is you always had the immortal character that was hunting you, and it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't scary anymore. It was just kind of a chore. Yeah, uh, like the monster in the house was extraordinarily uninteresting. Like all, yeah. all the monsters, and then you fight like the big guy, and it's just being, like being shoot hunted him in by the a character was actually that's pretty a rare. Game. I yeah. there were long sections where you had to grind for like clues and stuff, running mm. past 
Daddy. It's like the moment you start, Jack shows up early at the beginning. And then mm-hmm. when you find the tub, Jack shows up. And then when you're nearing the end of the bayou section, the, mo- the mom mm-hmm. shows up. And those are the only times you're ever being chased around by an immortal character in the entire game. There it's, are like a, four it's like an 11-hour game. There are like four sections specifically. But like after well, a while, three, I actually... No, that's, that's the three parts. That's well, no, no, the, no. That's no. I mean, like, there, there are four different uh, sections where Jack was chasing you um, that I, I distinctly remember, you know, following you around looking for you and calling out your name. And I, I didn't mind it necessarily, but mm-hmm. it was hard to, hard to enjoy kind of the experience because it wasn't scary. It was just inconvenient. Um, so and what, I, I, what happens is he chases you around at the dinner table area at the beginning, and he's around yeah. until you successfully leave that area via the shadow puzzle for the first time. And then he yeah. disappears all the way up until you interact with the the uh, the tub. Mm. But then once you get the tub, he disappears the moment that section's over and I he's gone again for the rest of the game. For me, between the shadow puzzle and the tub was like a couple of minutes I beelined there pretty quick, uh, uh, yeah. unintentionally or intentionally. Yeah, for and me, the tub felt... was the last thing I did in the entire area. So I had like a, such a long section of just roaming around the, the uh, house and scavenging and exploring. It, it felt like it was really crammed together. Also, uh, how did you how did you beat the last boss? What did you use? Did you have the machine gun or whatever? I just shot it with whatever was had I had on me at okay. the moment. So I was saving my machine gun for the last boss, being like, you know, I'm probably going to need this because ammo is so scarce by that point. So uh-huh. uh, I did the entire run up to it uh, with just my pistol, my shotgun, and some bombs because like you're probably not going to need the bombs versus the boss. Well, I get mm-hmm. to the boss and I killed her with a handgun, and I was really offended because I never once shot the machine gun in the entire game. <laughs> and you, never, you never even shot the machine gun as Mia? Uh, I pretty much used bombs in clever positioning. I think I shot, like, two things with it, but, like... Weird. I we are kindred a, spirits in video I games. Had so that you never, not, like, like, you never that fired thing. the machine gun during the tape as Mia? No, not really. What? You had so many. You had so many bombs that if you but, could just bump, bunch up the molded that were chasing you... You're pretty much golden. You're and crazy. You There's no reason to save it because it's a tape. <laughs> you know, it's just going to go away. No, no. Actually, all of your resources carried over between. No, your your resources carry over from Mia to oh, on the boat? protagonist man. But in the tape as Mia, the tape well, Mia no. is not. No, they do. Actually, if you uh, if you found the box inside the cabin, all the stuff that you had left behind was in the box waiting for you. No, the, oh, the huh. stuff you get in the box as the main character for the final chapter is what Mia had when she when you yes, lost control over but, Mia in the real world. But in the tape, but Mia was different. got the resources from tape Mia in the box, like it carried over. Because I had a ton of machine gun ammo, like I was counting. You could, yeah, was, you, you at least didn't get the gun for the very least, because I know you had to unlock the gun manually as as current Mia. Yes. Because it was that was a whole thing locking it up. Because it's also optional to get the machine gun as her. Yes. Which is tragic if you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I never used it. The the two shot shotgun was absurd and beyond that. Okay, did you play with a controller or a keyboard and mouse? Uh controller. And are you on PS4 or PS4. PC? Ah. So apparently uh for the version we were playing, there was no auto aim. Um Yeah. Console auto aim would otherwise. Be wrong. Well, no, there's auto aim if you're using a controller uh, on console. Um, 
You mean aim and assist like, or auto aim? Well, yeah, aim assist. My bad. Okay. It, I mean, I've know, seen my stand- footage and your footage, and it looks exactly the same of the. It does. Oh, God so, damn it! Mm. No, hit his, his head. His head. Ah. All that. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of watching that happen. Yeah. I I, I was really game. wishing Stainless's <laughs> setup had allowed me to use keyboard and mouse there because holy shit, aiming on a controller with zero aim assist is like the most mm. frustrating thing ever. And I know it's kind mm-hmm. of supposed to like make you it feel was like very interesting watching you miss like four shots in a row and like mm-hmm. i'm gonna compensate for my aim <laughs> miss okay let's yeah. compensate. <laughs> <laughs> miss yeah. it's just like, i started making fun of you and then the consistency sort with, of with feel which bad. I could miss was amazing like i was blowing my own mm-hmm. mind when, with all my missing i'm like holy shit how am i doing this how am i missing <laughs> so much it was so amazing no it's just like it's so they're the the models kind of like swiggity swooty all over the oh, place. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the molded wiggle. All oh, yeah, they, yeah. they, they, they wiggle yeah. like mad. See, they they straight up move identically to the revelation monsters. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but like Excellent. it, it yeah. was. I mean, it was neat that they were hard to mm-hmm. hit, and like it was kind of okay to get into. But I would have been more okay with them kind of moving quick and wiggling a lot and being hard to hit. Yep. And having, like, a more sensible aim. Because you'd think after a certain point, the guy would actually be good at shooting a gun. And shooting at these things, as opposed to, like... Mm-hmm. During the... Okay, the other thing that actually really bugged me was uh, the duck button was tied to the right stick, which is also how you shoot. Uh, oh, God. Not how you shoot, how you aim. <laughs> so, like, oh, uh-huh. half the time, I would juke under enemy attacks because I randomly clicked the stick in because it was sensitive. And I was doing, like, weird jukes that were totally unintentional, and it's just like... You, it was kind is... of amazing, some of the things you were doing. Yeah, I, was, I was really impressed with myself, like, but none you of were, it was like, intentional. You were, like, ducking under, oh, yeah, like, you've got, like, swinging arms and stuff. It was yeah. cool. you got, like, clenching problems with controllers, right? Where, like, like yes. they hurt your hands. Yeah, they yep. do. Um, and it was... Uh, well, Stainless had 360 controllers, if I remember right. And so, mm. like, those sticks They're were extra, extra clenchy. Sensitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like... I would I would start shooting at something. I'd be like trying to be really accurate, and randomly I'd suddenly duck, just as the enemy would like attack me, and I'd be like, "Hey!" And so he was like, "Best dodge ever." And I'm like, "That was not a dodge." <laughs> Don't give me credit where credit is not due. <laughs> I thought um, just to contribute something, mostly uh, the 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 Clancy tape like really was so visceral and so well done. That was however. Watching yeah. you do it twice was kind of hilarious. Because okay, so Keith, here's what he did: he beats the like the, the happy birthday sequence, and I was just like, "Wow, that was horrifying to watch." Did he? Not and then Wander's like, and then Wander was like, "I think we can beat it and get a different outcome. Let's play it again." Watching it a second time, like completely killed the mood of the whole scene because we oh, knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, he did the like, tape twice. <laughs> I was like, I want, it, I want to see if we I can... I thought you were going to say he did it the second time in real life and didn't learn from the tape. No, no, no. no. That would be really funny if he fucked that up. <laughs> I but no, he did, he did that. the tape a second time because he thought he could get a different outcome. Oh, no. And, and like watching that scene a second time was so funny because it like Wander's commentary the whole time was like, Oh, I re- we could do this. We could do this, and like this will happen. And like Stainless was like, "All right, let's see if that makes a difference." And of course, it didn't. But, yeah, uh, so the, <laughs> it was great. So I, I always do this when I'm playing a game. If there's like some way to get the like t- time paradox ending, because I managed mm-hmm. to do this in uh, Shadow Warrior, and I was super proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know kill a character that 
should not be killed because it fucks up the whole plot and so on and so forth. Like, mm-hmm. I will do that if I can just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this like one, I was like... straight to Rivet City. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did that in Fallout 3. <laughs> but, so, um... Break I all the sequences. I, I wanted to see if I could sequence break it and, mm-hmm. you know, pull out the... Clancy, uh, like, comes out of the corner like... Hey, hey, I actually lived this time. <laughs> well, Let's I, I team up and then you get I, see, I was three. actually really hoping it would be one of those where, like, they almost did a fourth wall break or something. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you get it so Clancy lives and then, uh, what was the guy's name? Lewis Clancy or whatever? Lives, but now the Clancy. doc is, is Zoe, Mia, and Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cl- Clancy lives, he comes out and he just starts clapping and he's like, that was the best episode of Sewer Gators I've ever made. And then it just ends. I, I, I was actually going to say, it would have been, that would have actually been a really funny you alternate. See Clancy in his head just a camera. Yeah. <laughs> this answers so much. But like, How are they it, filming? It, it, it would have actually been really funny if, um, uh, if like, they had, who, who is the, who is the hillbilly son? I forget his name. Lucas? Yes. Was it? Luke. Lucas. 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 Yep. Yeah, um, so I, I wish they had almost had it that, like, you could play the tape twice and succeed and and save the cameraman, um, at, what, at which point Lucas is just like, you know, uh, says something snarky about breaking the fourth wall or time paradox and then shoots the cameraman so that the end result is the <laughs> same. Like, I was really hoping they'd just do something like little snide like that just to, just to make fun know- of you for trying to save the guy. Oh man! Did you know you could do that in, in uh, Yoshi's Island? Really? Hmm. I had no idea you could do this until like a year ago. Um, but there's actually a part in the game where you'll enter the boss chamber, but the boss is like three screen widths to the right. And if you mm-hmm. know where the boss is, you can throw uh, one of your eggs at them and hit the boss before um, the Magikoopa casts a spell and makes it into like the big boss form of the enemy. So you can kill him, but he's still a regular enemy. And so what happens is you walk into the screen, the end, the boss is gone, Magikoopa flies in, and then the, instead of saying, like, ha-ha, I've got you now, Yoshi, he just says, oh, no, and then flies away. <laughs> so Yoshi's Island beat that. Metal Gear Solid 3 to the punch. It did. I had no idea that that was in the game. <laughs> like, that blows my mind that, like, because I played they the shit out of that game. I, they did plan for it. I I, I've only uh, ever it's played, amazing to me. <laughs> I've only ever played the N64 Yoshi's Island. I think it was Yoshi, or is it Yoshi's Story? I don't remember. Oh, that game sucks. <laughs> well, I've only ever played that for five minutes, where one of my friends was trying to like dick with me, oh. handed me the controller at the very end of the oh. game. You know, the final oh. final level, oh. and was like, "Here, see if you can beat the last level." And I did it oh. one try, and she was just like, "What?" I uh, it's because it was an oh. easy game. Yeah, I was, but she was she was Woo-hoo! she was always trying to like take me down a peg, and it didn't work. <gasps> wow, that's a nice friend. Eh. Uh, okay. Any uh, questions? A relationship or built upon destruction. Wanna... So I, I <laughs> just really wanted to about Resident Evil Seven still. <laughs> yeah, still Keith hasn't Resident had his Evil? chance. I've had oh, my gripes. Okay. Keith, I've had Keith my has chance. Gush about yeah, it. yeah. I, I haven't seen much of the game. I've been stopped a lot. <laughs> I had cats. Shut up, on sicky. Me the whole time. So what happened over time is that with Resident Evil 7, I came to celebrate how little sense it made. Yeah, I started to love how stupid fair. it was. 
at all times because oh, yeah. it was like so relentlessly that. stupid on purpose. And I, and it's like there's so much effort put into how stupid it is. <laughs> like one of the coolest moments is that like uh, you can have your leg cut off in that game, and, yeah, and you, you can, can physically like find your leg the... as an item and glue it back on your character. And uh, realistically, uh... your character's even like the fuck <laughs> like it's the best yeah. reaction to what's happening like multiple mm-hmm. times in that game both clancy and the main character when you're playing as them will be like the fuck is this just in the most yeah. frank way because that's the only way to react to what's going on but like the way that that can happen like it can happen in several parts of the game in different contexts like you guys had it from the uh the, the molded getting you yeah uh, but like you can have it happen when you're trying to get in the hatch at the beginning of the game running from jack for the first time he can catch mm-hmm. you cut your leg off and then walk across the room and set down a first aid kit on the floor across the room. So you have to grab your leg and crawl to it. And he's like just taunting you and letting you do it because he's that because he's taking joy and watching you and pain and everything. And then you glue your leg back on and you're like, what the fuck? And like it's a and if you saw it in that context, you thought you would think it was a scripted scene that always happens. But obviously yeah. it doesn't, <laughs> which uh-huh. is what happened to me the first time I walked by that one hall and he burst through the wall. I'm like, what the fuck but then the next time it didn't happen i'm like what it cannot happen and like there's so many crazy specific details taken into account for like the boss fight against him the first one with the car mm-hmm. can end like seven different ways or something okay, like how that did, wow. how did you end it because I like that. i understood nothing so I one wanted... you can just shoot him a lot and he'll event and eventually uh he'll get uh the like eventually the fu- the fight always ends with the car exploding one way or another but okay. you can you can basically just shoot him enough to win, to just win the fight, or you can wait and he'll and uh, he'll grab the keys and he'll get in the car and just start cruising around and donutting and stuff like that. I've seen people kill him by just knifing him in the face while carefully staying next to the driver's seat, seat then during that entire <laughs> segment, just knifing uh-huh. a driver of a car that can't turn fast enough to hit them. Uh, but I thought that that was a scripted scene that always happens as a punishment for you not finding the keys yourself. So I'm like, oh, that's cool tutorialization. I, I like, I know why I lost. So I'll go get the keys and I'll go run him over with the car, which is what I did. But then, I, but then, of course, he gets on the car and rams it into things and tries to kill you while you're driving the car too. And like, there's so many permutations there. And I mm-hmm. thought it was a scripted that's sequence, super cool. But it's actually one of many, <laughs> many endings to that thing. I, I was pretty okay with it. It's just from my perspective, it was such a like weird anti-game thing to do that mm-hmm. it frustrated me to no end because like because you didn't know normally what with the boss right. it's pretty easy to kind of figure out like this is you know like I, i've been playing zelda a lot and it, there's always just one one way one way mm-hmm. and it's pretty damn obvious like here's what you have to do uh or you know maybe on the second try or something like that um and it was really frustrating to be confronted with the boss fight where, as far as I could tell, shooting him did nothing. Knifing him never did anything. So on and so forth. So I'm actually kind of surprised to hear, yeah, knifing is actually uh, a viable strategy for this. Yeah. Uh, for that fight. Yeah, people knife him when hmm. he's driving around in the car and they just, I'm like, whoa. Like, honestly, I actually gave up on knifing things just in general because I was like, I Because it's super dangerous, but people have already done knife-only runs of the game. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Then again, wow. yeah. Uh, like, the there's last the, day there's I was the there. chainsaw fight where I I killed him without firing a single shot. Yeah, I did. Huh. And the, for the phase one, I just kept kicking bodies into him until I got frustrated and just got pissed and broke his own weapon and went off and grabbed the chainsaw. So I'm like, I didn't even fire a single shot. Ammo savior. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's really cool tricks throughout these things. 
Uh, there's, there's so much detail put into some of that stuff. And then eventually, yeah, you get to the second half of the game where every boss fight is just a literal boss fight where you shoot them until they give up, basically. But there's a... Uh, like, you're, you're going around this big 3D environment that is a straight-up, like... Everything I know about Resident Evil, which is not a ton because I never I haven't played the old ones, but I've seen chunks mm-hmm. of them and stuff. And like that's that's a Spencer Mansion, <laughs> like you are playing a Spencer Mansion with all these weird gimmick doors that have weird locks on them that are either like a multi part puzzle or some mm-hmm. kind of like like color or icon based uh, key of some kind, and you're scavenging around for the specific thing you need to proceed while constantly making the decision to either fight everything in your way or dodge around them, but then deal with the fact that they're always going to be there because you dodged around them and stuff like that. And so you're, it's all the, the, the ammo salvation stuff versus uh, scavenging, and like you can make up for more ammo use by more scavenging, and there's even a psychostimulant thing to help curb that if you need to, I but you got to be careful about when to use it. Those. I was always just saving them up because I didn't want to combine them at, with uh, chems. So I was at first, but my strategy was with the psychostims. Well, not that's 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 vitamins or nutrients or whatever. The psychostims are already mixed. You can just oh, use them yeah. on the spot. I always so, had the com- components. So my my strategy with the psychostims was that every time I walked into an area, every time I cleared an area for any reason, I would then be like, okay, this place is safe-ish now, so I'm just going to psychostim through it. Now that I can just run around like a, like a maniac and not risk anything. How long did it last? Uh, really hard to tell. Okay. <laughs> you'd eventually realize, maybe a couple after a couple of minutes or so, you'd eventually realize that the little icons telling you where all this, the items were were gone. But like, you straight up get waypoints on every item in the area. Like a floating That's... icon a, a floating above every single pick-upable object in the entire area within a certain radius. So you just start sprinting around and trying to grab things, and th- and you start realizing how much stuff's hidden everywhere. Because like every dark corner and like behind every little thing, there's like randomly like an herb there, or like sometimes you'll find straight up repair kits that give you access to new weapons and things like that. Like there's so much detail in the environment, and you can approach so many parts of it from like nonlinear different directions and have different experiences. And because of that. I've been addicted to watching people play this game. <laughs> it's like I I beat it myself, and then immediately I started watching your playthrough. I started watching best friends play. I started watching Achievement Hunter. Uh, I watched what little game grumps did before they stopped. And I'm going. I think I'm going to have Andrew play it with me in the room, and I'm just going to like enjoy that experience in real time. Because <laughs> watching oh. other pe- watching the permutations of how different people react to this game is really entertaining. But that it's was a, something it's that... a cool project. I think. One of the other things I did have trouble with, uh, and maybe one of the reasons why I liked the boat better, is, and so I really liked the intro part, because Stainless was shitting himself. He was really scared by, like, the first <laughs> Why was he so hour. scared, by the way? Stainless is a scaredy cat. Yeah, I was there. I was playing. Dude, dude <laughs> didn't even have to do anything. But yeah, so Stainless was, like actually like afraid because it was this creepy house you had no idea what was going on and then once it kind of went into like uh friday the 13th slasher fic it got Mm -hmm. goofy and not a scary way anymore except for when Mm -hmm. you went downstairs when you went downstairs that's when it started to get a little bit freakier because you know because there was the monster well yeah it was dark and that's when the molded starts showing up so it was scarier again but I really liked being really scared, uh, mm-hmm. like Stainless being really scared, because there wasn't much going on, so it gave me a lot of opportunity to just make fun of shit and yeah. like joke around and make dumb, like you know, dumb commentary. That's what everyone uh, in your chat was doing too. Like the uh, <laughs> like finding Birdcatcher and uh, in the microwave mm-hmm. and like 
the yeah. uh, the cultured Wrigley bits in the fridge and stuff like that. And mm. like I was really happy with my commentary for the first episode, and then I had to get serious because I had to focus on the game. And it's not mm-hmm. just this like scary experience. It's like no, you actually there's gameplay here. You have to focus on things. So it's like I just wanted a creepy house to go through and like make dumb mm-hmm. jokes while Stainless was scared, and they take well, that away from you. And I was just like, I actually really liked that first segment, and it's. I was Very seriously short. playing a like haunted house type of game, yeah. and I watched a couple of clips from it, and her reactions, the stainlesses are big babies. Yes, it's they are. hilarious. <laughs> They're like, very much big babies. I don't even know what that game is, but I want to play it now. It's Layers uh, of Fear, which she... Oh, well, there you go. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, before I play that game, I really want to play what is it like Spookle's House of a Thousand Haunties or something like that? Like the oh, one that's like really adorable. A thousand jump scares. I really want to play that one because it looks really, really funny. Okay, I, I I would freak out. Not I. I'm not one to be like afraid of things in games so much as mm-hmm. uh, when we played Outlast. Oh, you guys played Outlast? We tried playing the, Outlast. Yeah, they gave up pretty fast. Well, I well, got lost was, and got I got lost. frustrated. We were we were. It's very probably, easy to get lost. After mm-hmm. spoilers, after we got our fingers cut off and that mad doctor was chasing us, you were in a so level where you had to get the game. Yeah, yeah, we had to get down an elevator, but we needed to find the proper key for it. And unfortunately, we would get around, go from room to room. The guy would right. start chasing after us. The only safe spot we knew of was up in the vent. And you can't really survey the yeah. lay of the land and the territory up in the vent. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I really so. liked that part part of Resident Evil, like even with the hillbilly slasher fic, you could pretty much like kind of clear things out and explore relatively safely. For mm-hmm. Outlast, it was always just like, you want to look at stuff? Nah. Here's, here's some Well, there's nothing to look at because if yeah, you also that. if you actually stop and pay attention in that game, you realize that like there's nothing. every corner is rushed. Yeah, and a core it's difference just meant between, for you to run through, I guess. A core difference between Outlast and Resident Evil Seven is that Resident Evil Seven is packed with locations that you know for a fact are safe. Yeah. Yes, because a safe room is just like it's like a pause screen. Like you're just you're just doing whatever you mm-hmm. want in that room, and nothing matters. It's you're safe now. Yep. Whereas in Outlast, aside from events where which are mostly just like a transition, uh, you couldn't ever really know you were safe for sure unless you just have played the game so much you've memorized it to know that there's no enemies in certain areas or something right yeah but for me i like really like exploration and if exploration is actively discouraged i tend to Mm -hmm. lose interest in a game because it's just like well why yeah i even like bother for me it depends a bit on the context of the exploration like I felt discouraged to explore when I started playing Deus Ex Human Revolution during the, the intro linear tutorial mission stuff because I was like, my whole goal wow. is to get from point A to, to point B yeah. and not get the hostages killed and we do a stealth mission. And people were like, you missed the rocket launcher in that weird corner. And I'm like, why would I poke every corner if I'm trying to not get uh, screw up a stealth mission? But yeah, uh, it's Deus Ex, though. Yeah, You're but for, to well, I didn't know quarter. what Deus Ex was necessarily at that point either. It was my first one. Oh, fair enough. But, but like for me, I'm like, let's let's get this mission done and save people. And I didn't know that it was going to be a more RPG than stealth game necessarily. But yeah, for Outlast, by by contrast, all you can find are notes and batteries, and the batteries themselves are only so useful to find because the looking for them for too long uses the batteries. So then it, it was very much uh, me sprinting for. 
just going straight for any exit I could find throughout the entire game and just keeping an eye out for batteries, but mostly trying to just move forward as fast as possible because of the constant threat. Yeah, I don't know. It was just easy for me to lose interest. But I was screaming. Yeah, she was <laughs> She was quite scared. But like I picture her saying, I'm a cat! The kind where you cover your mouth and you're like, oh, no, 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 like that. Yeah. Oh, was it, was it the part where the fingers were getting cut off that you were like, oh, no, 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 oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, oh. that was gross. But also yeah. when you're torn out of lockers, when you unsuccessfully... Oh, yeah, I think, I think the part where the random you. guy with, mm-hmm. like, an axe or something very early on and you're, like, in the basement mm-hmm. and we were, like, hiding in a locker or something we get ripped out of it and killed and she just was not a fan. You should have Shell play just the birthday scene from Resident Man, you, Evil 7. You would hate oh, no. Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah. It would yeah. break well, yeah, you. Yeah, because... In that one, like you can't American even wiggle back. your controller without... We we experienced that with Until Dawn, where something happened with the controller, and that's how we got a character killed Ugh. by the end. Alien isolation, just running too fast, when the alien's not even around, can lead to mm-hmm. it dropping out of a vent and hunting for you, when it wasn't even in the environment yet. And if, right, it, lo- if it looks it at through you. the locker at you, you have to hold one button to lean back and another button to hold your breath. <laughs> Nice. Oh man, you have to hold your breath with a button? With Sheesh. two different buttons. <laughs> it should but. be uh it should be possible in that game to accidentally summon two aliens at the same time by running through it too fast. For me what for me what made Resident Evil 7 not too tough with the whole exploration versus stealth thing was that the it was I quickly realized how easy it is to avoid being detected in that game. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, in the beginning part, where Jack's walking around that table in like the the entryway room that has the staircases and everything going over it and everything, mm-hmm. uh, with the first shadow puzzle, he was going around the table. He had when I, I came through the double door that that's the first puzzle door. He had his mm-hmm. back to me. He started going around the table uh, counterclockwise, and I started going around the table counterclockwise, and he never saw me. <laughs> Did you I start going, dun, 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 I was dun, just dun, to dun, his dun. side, across from the table, just dun, slowly, dun, like dun, I was dun, like dun, a cartoon dun, character hiding in a shadow. And I just went, I just went and did the shadow puzzle and moved on. I'm like, huh, you just just don't walk in front of them and they don't notice you ever. For me, I just realized that everything in that game is intentionally very slow. So if you just sprint, almost nothing can catch you. Yeah, I mean... Every time an enemy tried to punch you, Wander, you were just like, I'm going to, like, step around you. And the enemy would just miss you. Or yeah, you're like, your you would, movement like, speed is such and, like, carefully crafted under. agony in that game. In yeah. Dead Space, all of the jump scares were so predictable. We were, and, But also, you have the ability to fight in games like that. The games where you yeah. don't have weapons or an ability to I fight mean, your enemies. I don't enemies, mind if I don't have worse. to fight. I just wish the scary things were almost more environmental. Mm-hmm. than, like, kind of a consistent threat, because mm-hmm. I really, really like looking around at games. And if I don't really get the kind of grace period to breathe and kind of be like, mm-hmm. this is a creepy facility that I'm wandering around, it's like, well... So you get that in, like, the original, like, Metroid games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's how basic that, like, is to the genre of, like, yeah. creepy games. I, I do think you spend the majority of the playtime, though, in safe environments where you can just look around. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, a pretty small percentage of Resident Evil 7 is actually being around enemies. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. feel like the, the enemies were almost thrown in. They really didn't contribute much to the gameplay overall. 
Well, they they contribute in that you have to do the whole resource management thing because they have they they do I exist, guess. so you have to account for them, and that's multiple Barely. game systems working together. Hey, I mean, especially well, the like Mia you segment. You wanted to bring like, out. I was actually going to say maybe we should move on from Resident Evil, so this isn't just the Resident Evil cast, Resident Evil <laughs> yeah. movie cast. I wanted to answer some questions. All right, questions then. Uh, what's oh, going okay. on with these questions? We have right, twenty minutes. Just... That might be time to. I'd also like to talk about Avorian, but I don't think we have time for Avorian and questions. So, for maybe what? We'll save Avorian. Playing Avorian. It, it's a game. Bird of course, he is. Playing. Oh, I thought you said <laughs> be Porion. No, Avorian. Avorian. All right, let's do some Just questions then. Questions are fun, unless they're terrible. Things. In which case, uh, they're iffy. <laughs> All right. Do we want to just All talk right. about Avorian then? Well, well we, should, hear, we should answer some questions because we asked for them. Okay. Yeah. True. Uh, first one's: What's your opinion of For Honor? Which we talk about uh, in another context. Have an opinion on them. The issue is oh, none of us have oh, played I, it, right? Yeah. I saw yeah. a hilarious advertisement for uh, For Honor, and it was uh, it, it was on YouTube. That's where it was. Uh, you know the advertisements that it, come before things. So mm-hmm. it was about these three individuals walk into a flower shop on Valentine's Day. And all of their SOs expect them to get, you know, them roses. And there's only one batch of roses left in the freezer or wherever they can hold the roses. It's it, it's like some kind of cooling or misting unit, right? So it's this burly guy with a beard. You can tell that he's obviously going to be the Viking. The Viking. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a Japanese man. And then there's this lady. And... So they start fighting over who will get the roses, and then suddenly they all don armor. It's just like psh, on them, and they start brawling and ruining uh-huh. the rest of the flora in the shop. And then they take it out of the shop, and at that point, the poor florist comes out from the back room, and he's like, I have more roses. And he's just like, what happened? I think he actually said, what the F? That was okay. an interesting end to the, the advertisement, but I was like, what? Hmm. So, so there's our opinions on For Honor, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've seen enough more of, flowers. I, I, I've seen enough of For Honor to say it looks like a great game that we will probably never play. It's like yeah. Chivalry. It's a, P, a PvP iteration of a game that we would actually probably like, but the co-op campaign can be beaten in, like, two sittings, which is right. super, like, Not prohibitive like it'd be, for, it'd be say, like, in two sittings. It looks not fun for co-op. Also that. Because it's full mm. of boss fights where you fight one dude. And he That's... can't fight two dudes very well, so the other guy's just poking him in the butt <laughs> until he dies. <laughs> and Souls likes and uh, Neo are very much like, here's a big critter that's going to sweep its tail and murder both of you. Mm. Now, why do people like uh, having sort of like the cross army mixes? You know, armies that would have never actually fought. Variety. Why not? More gameplay yeah. mechanics. Yeah. yeah. I. I, I will make like it's just more interesting yeah. that way, yeah, I guess. If your game has Crusaders yep. and Samurai, then you have more things to play with in your game than just a yep. bunch of mm-hmm. different slightly heavier and lighter Crusaders or something. True, true. It just it isn't historically feasible. Whatever. Well the, ga- well, the game literally has a Warriors Orochi storyline where, like, something made fissures happen in time and space and everyone's fighting <laughs> each other. Like, it's, this yeah. is exactly uh, the plot of Warriors Orochi, actually. I thought it was weird where, what, they had a Civil War and Revolutionary War era people going into some battle game? I forget which one. Didn't that one Redditor write that a story do, about, I think. Uh, like, a modern, like, a hundred U.S. Marines getting accidentally teleported back to Roman times? Oh, that'd be wrote, actually like, pretty cool. 
He wrote like a story about it, and then he said he got a movie deal, and then that was like four years ago, and then it vanished. Aww. We'll see. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll just pop is, out. For me, Brandon I'm just Studios if, presents. Even if they did go back into those times, and sure, they may have had better armor, but not necessarily. They would run out of ammo and would have no means to make it again, or <laughs> right. would they try reverse engineering things? Well, stuff like, I'm, just, I'm just not that interested in For Honor because it's a multiplayer focused game and yeah. in order to act like people don't always think about this necessarily but to get into a multiplayer focused game it has to just kind of become your life for a while yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Like, like uh Overwatch you have to play a lot of Overwatch to be good at Overwatch and I none of us are going to play enough Overwatch to be good yeah. at Overwatch like all my friends who play Overwatch play it all day like Andrew's been playing it all day mm. Marty plays it all day my other roommate plays it all day and like Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Bunny Hops doing was doing a review for For Honor, and guess what? He was playing For Honor for uh, dozens and dozens of hours, and yeah. it's like it's it's just not. I have, I haven't had that the interest in that kind of experience of let's play one match over and over again for hours and hours and hours to get to practice a multiplayer game uh, since mm-hmm. Halo Two. Yeah, if I could support myself by streaming a multiplayer game for hours and end, I might do it. But honestly, I'd also rather just play 10 different games in the same amount of time. Yeah, you get to experience games that have finite endings, and you get to start something new if you get tired of one. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd just rather play Nioh. Neo. Neo, yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Neo. Have you been getting a lot of comments correcting you on hey, your pronunciation and being like really though? petty about stuff? I, I've caught uh, Wander mispronouncing Japanese words a number of times. Yeah, people are like, yeah. Jesus Christ, as if something's wrong with you. Yeah, whenever I finish a recording mm-hmm. session, Shell will correct me and I'm like, I don't care that much. And she's like, no, this is important. And then mm-hmm. I get comments later being like, this is how you do it. And I'm like, no, I got the double whammy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, correcting pronunciation of English speakers trying to say stuff that's Japanese is dumb because it's yeah. a different language and it's a massively different language that doesn't even have the same phonetics to it. So mm-hmm. mispronouncing stuff is just an accent. <laughs> that's what accents yeah. are. Guess what? <laughs> when all the Japanese voice actors speak any of the English, you can't tell they're speaking English because of how far off it is. <laughs> I have to watch Jesus, Japanese pop idol um, uh, music videos with subtitles to know when they start speaking English because I can't hear it as an English speaker. Mm. So like, I can hear English it's and... hypocritical as all shit to be all Weibo and like correct everybody's Japanese pronunciation and then not act like the Japanese voice actors aren't just as wrong and it's their jobs to be voice actors. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, listen, other, listen, other I had questions. Questions. listen, I had to go through a Tokyo Mirage Sessions playthrough. Yeah. Uh, they use a okay. lot of English I, in that movie, and it's all terrible. Yeah. It's it's awful. They have a, <laughs> they have an English spe- a native English speaker speaking in English. It's Yeah. But immediately, oh, the, the, for no. the main character, is spelled Itsuki, and everyone's mad at me for pronouncing the U for, like, one episode, because mm-hmm. it's Itsuki. I was like, well, why is it spelled wrong? <laughs> Seriously, why is it spelled wrong? I actually wonder that sometimes because it's not, they don't, it's not like in other, in other languages, it's written in their language. So that's why it, the pronunciation is mm-hmm. weird in French or whatever. Yes, but spell but, it phonetically for yeah. us. That'd be so nice. Somebody made up how to spell the the romanization version of and Japanese words and wrong. did it wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> Japanese people don't spell things in that language in the first place. So how to get fucked up? <laughs> why is it full of, of silent letters for no reason? <laughs> That were oh, so you mean there was a reason. U in yeah. there? 
I probably I T S U yeah, like Sasuke and Itsuki and stuff like that. Like oh uh, yeah, I, I probably for no would have reason. mispronounced it. <laughs> and I, I don't know why there's a U. Well, uh, wait, anyway, Sasuke, you, know, you don't pronounce the U. It, no, you well, don't. Well, it's not Sasuke. Yeah, it's Sasuke. What? And, and also, yeah. apparently, the Bizanuchi Katana is actually the Bizanuchi Katana, and fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Spell it right. Just spell it right. You're already making up a spelling for your romanization, so why is it spelled wrong? Wow. <laughs> it doesn't make Somebody sense. Somebody in the past was a dick. <laughs> I, I may have asked that follow-up question because I've seen Keith's responses on his his Nio videos. <laughs> I, uh, I don't call it Nio. It slips and when I talk to you for some reason. I, I know. No, no. I, I, I say I actually say that intentionally during my videos every once in a while because I know it makes <laughs> one or two people mad <laughs> I'm just uh, like, look, I don't care. Good, good, good job. Good for you. <laughs> good job. Um. Anyway, any other questions, or shall Bird and I talk about Avorion? Uh, there's a fair chunk of them. Let's okay. see. The Someone wants to know ones. about my dating life. Nope. Oh. Uh, how many times have you been in prison, and why? Nope. Oh, Done. actually, you know what? Here, let's hold Avorion off for a week. Well, Never. Keith looks. I I want to tell the tale of my keyboard for today. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's tell that okay, story. Okay, so I, I, I want to know. No, but wait, wait, seriously, how many times have you guys in prison? Uh, none of us. No, no, never. I mean, yeah. I rolled doubles no. three times. Aww. I don't play Monopoly. Oh, <laughs> you mean that kind of being in prison? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, after I met my dealer's drug dealer, you know, I've never even seen I, a prison. <laughs> I yeah, actually, I don't think I've ever I've seen, seen the, the exterior of, of a couple. I See yeah. the historical prison. Well, you know those ones that they take you on tours through? Not like modern prison, more like <laughs> ancient prison. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen prisons because I've been, I've, li I lived my, in an elementary school that was like within the eye eyesight of a uh, the biggest prison in the area. Ooh, it was so, just right there. <laughs> wait, California. Wait, but, wait, why would they do that? California. I lived in a small town. <laughs> it was the yeah. Solano prison, and it was. It, there was an entire block between, uh, there's probably three blocks of space between the elementary school and the prison, but the block towards the prison was an empty square of grass surrounded by roads, and then mm -hmm. past that was about two blocks worth of open field between the main road and the prison, because the prison you have to drive down a road to get to, and it's, it's obviously isolated with clearly out of sight for a reason. Uh, but yeah, growing up in elementary school, I could just look at a prison from across the field. Now, the odd thing is they probably wouldn't even allow pedophiles to live in a house that close to an elementary school. But they probably didn't allow pedophiles, pedophiles at the prison. Yeah, but also pedophiles aren't, you know, walled in with chain link, barbed wire fences and guards. True. So, okay. Tale of Wanderbot's keyboard. Well, Keith looks for more questions because it's not that long. So I got up today. I made curry thinking, yeah, I've got all my videos together. We're all, we're all good. I don't have to worry about anything. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, this is mostly true. Uh -huh. Um, and you know, no, no real big deal. Um, and I get on the computer to finally, you know, put everything together, and immediately, I re like, I can't, I can't press enter, which is worrying. Actually, mm -hmm. no, immediately, uh, the first thing I ran into is my computer is just randomly really laggy, and I couldn't figure it out, so I start, restart the computer. I'm already kind of like frustrated, and then I realized I can't press enter, and then it's like, okay, that's a problem. And mm -hmm. so I decide I, I, I want to say something on the Avorion uh, channel on Discord. And immediately it's just like, word barf. 
<laughs> like instead of one complete sentence, it's just like line, 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 line. I'm like, okay. So I unplug my keyboard and plug it back in, and it keeps doing it. I'm like, oh no. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, this this is an old ass thirty dollar ergonomic Microsoft keyboard that had terrible reviews on oh, the website geez. that I looked at it later. Like, uh-huh. I did not spend a whole lot of money on this, but I was also an eighth grader, so uh-huh. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this this keyboard needed replacing, um, and I I don't know Keith if you want to get a screen grab of it, but pretty much yesterday somebody had asked for like tech support and bird you know bird. Bird likes to make uh, jokey tech support things, uh-huh. so I immediately make texts up the Discord channel. Uh, <laughs> I think I completed it just so it would be a little bit easier for people to see. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I'm immediately just trying to get Bird's attention with like help. Yeah, he just starts messaging it was, me. It was, but he can only was, write like about eight characters before a new line goes through. But sometimes it would be like two or three, and yeah. like oh, it was pure garbage. So it'd be like, it'd be like help, Bird. Duh, my keyboard is broken. Like that many, like new lines, (laughs) and it was it was pretty great stuff. And it's very obvious. I need to just go out and buy a a keyboard, but everybody's kind of offering advice. But I think the culmination of this for me was like I said something or another, and Bird's response is like, "It's like he's saying a haiku." With everything he tries to say, and I'm like, that mm-hmm. is nobody could have said that better. It's true. Well, for once, I actually gave you like real tech support advice because I just said your keyboard has bonitis, and then <laughs> just linked you to BestBuy.com. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that, that thing was done, and I was okay with replacing it. And now I've got mm-hmm. a really fancy Razer mechanical yeah, it's a keyboard. Razor. It's pretty yeah. swank. Normally, I don't get like big brand names, but mm-hmm. uh, the Best Buy had, I'm going to say, about seven keyboards that you could buy that were made right. for PCs. And mm-hmm. it was Logitech, Wireless, one through six, and then this Razer keyboard. And I'm like, there was a Microsoft ergonomic keyboard. Oh, yeah. There, was, there, were, there were two Microsoft ergonomic keyboards, but considering my Microsoft ergonomic keyboard <laughs> just shit itself, I was it was time to hop brands. Mm-hmm. After ten years, yeah. though, I mean, he was honestly, a loyal Microsoft keyboard customer. <laughs> but yeah, so we walked over to Best Buy and got it. And you liked it because it had this wrist uh, rest. W- w- yeah, it's actually got like a plush wrist wrist rest, and wow. it's super comfy. Yeah, There's a plush um, wrist rest. Re- oh, geez, that's actually really hard to say. It is. <laughs> I know. Wrist rest. Oh, yeah, gosh. you can't do Damn. it even if you know it's coming. It's just plush like wrist wrist rest. rest. Yeah. yeah, Keith got tripped up. You by want it to too. say wrist Plush rest, or wrist something. rest. Yeah, there you go. Um, That's hard. The thing huh. that amused You've got me to was over flex your mouth as if you're trying to enunciate song lyrics. <laughs> I, I, you sound like I, the part um, of B52s. So you know whenever you go to Best Buy, you know when you go to Best Buy <laughs> and wrong. they have that like uh, way off. They, when they <laughs> have the employees that like immediately swarm to you, being like, "Do you need any help or whatever?" Yeah. So of course. Ha- it happens as I'm looking at mm-hmm. the single keyboard in the gaming keyboard section. And uh-huh. he's like, do you need any help? And I'm like, do you have any other gaming keyboards? And he's like, well, you no. have like the, we have the, uh, these ones over here. And he points at like the Microsoft teeny, ergonomic like, keyboards. No, he, <laughs> it wasn't the Microsoft ergonomic ones. He pointed at the, uh, the tablet keyboards, like the little Bluetooth oh, ones. And I'm like, God, uh-huh. I'm getting this for my PC. And he's like, oh, and then he just he's walked like, off. And I was just like, you're what? even more useless than you're famed for. 
Oh. Yeah. Wow. I, He's probably just I like, I didn't know people even had desktop computers anymore. It, I, so I think part of it is we're in uh we're in Kansas and oh. I yeah, I'm fairly certain gaming maybe isn't as like popular around here. Kansas probably. City is supposed to be still it's, pretty nerdy. It's supposed to be pretty nerdy, but like the game section is small and like hidden away behind like a fortress of TVs and weird TVs peripherals. <laughs> and just like their mm-hmm. even their PC section is teeny. Guys, I thought it was so weird today. I passed by a TV. And it emanated warmth. Ew. Yeah. So weird. It felt like a small fireplace was on. And it didn't even have huh. the fireplace uh, screensaver going. Not that that's <laughs> supposed to influence temperature. But, but you know. <laughs> I, I, I will admit I'm actually kind of looking forward Powered to going to this nuclear place. nuclear radioactivity. Because <laughs> I, I feel really dumb for mixing up Eiffel 65 with B-52s. <laughs> Yeah, that was a pretty big fuck up, and I kind of was glad that we were able to scoot past that. But I'm glad that you also called yourself out. I just got to acknowledge too. that I know the mistake I made. I'm blue, daba dee daba die. So I actually grew up listening to the fifty twos. But um, I'm looking forward to going back to this Best Buy in two weeks to get my Switch, just to see who buys mm. games from this place. Does anybody, or will I be the only one there? <laughs> My experiment is going to be I'm going to just try to walk into a store without pre-ordering and see if I get a um, Switch. That's how I got my Wii U on launch day. (laughs) Well, to be fair, after after Nintendo fuckled the uh, Wii release and didn't have, like, available Wiis for purchase for months, it it got a little bit better at stocking. Yeah, I got my Wii U on launch by just walking into a Target. Well, (laughs) yeah, because everyone was like, yeah, we don't need a peripheral. Yeah, that that was a mess. Yeah. yeah, I see. I'm I'm really stoked for Breath of the Wild because it's yeah. kind of has survival elements to it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really want to play that. It's hard for me to get into the habit of ever pre-ordering because I just don't. But I probably should because of my job for that specific for a hardware launch. Yeah, that's, a little, that's that's normally, the one context where pre-orders make sense. But I didn't. Normally, no <laughs> one should ever pre-order, but in our case, it's kind of necessary to do so because if we can't get it. Or there more specifically, no one should ever pre-order digital video games, which includes yes. physical copies of them, because there's no scarcity, which is the whole point yep. of pre-ordering. Pre-order hardware, mm. because there is scarcity on a regular basis. But like video games, even disc copies of video games are so prevalent that there's no perk to pre-ordering them besides falling for their marketing gimmick and giving them money before they deliver mm. a product. Okay, so That's did you find any more questions, by the way? Yeah, yeah. Give, us, give us a quick a quick fiver to wrap it up, and then uh, we'll switch over to Grim Dawn. As a weird coincidence, uh, somebody asked, uh, "What company do, uh, do you like their games but hate their business practices?" That's not Konami, and they asked that before we talked about Konami. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Konami really, or Capcom. really specific. Uh, uh, somebody yeah. asked, uh, "What's the scariest what, moment in your like life?" Ga- uh, I think that actually going back to that question, almost all of like every single video game company. Oh yeah, Blizzard, every- Valve. <laughs> yeah, every AAA video game games. Yeah, every AAA video game company may they will make great games here and there and bad games here and there, but their business practices are always just like Ugh. and yeah. I feel like we're kind of coming out of that because For Honor is definitely For Honor and uh, Rainbow Six Siege are definitely like Ubisoft kind of proving hey they can make not shit without <laughs> major issues. But you still need you play. <laughs> 
Uh, kind of mind you, you play. Need, like that, that was actually play, yeah. a pretty, like, I'm actually being reminded constantly of shitty EA practices because I'm in the middle of playing the Mass Effect trilogy before Andromeda comes out. And mm-hmm. in Mass Effect 2, like, every time I play the game, it still has to connect to Cerberus Network because that oh, is yeah. a relic of back when they had online passes in literally every video yep. game. Yeah. So your offline only game that was completely single player needed an online pass in order to access a plethora of the actual content of the game. Because they were really trying to fight piracy, and then it was like, that's not going to work, guys. And then they and did all, it. All they, they did like, was wait a little bit when everything went digital anyway. Yeah, pretty much. So many people buy games just by downloading them on their console anyway now, where that's. Yep. It's Yo, you just skip question. the process. I, uh, I derailed. What's the one What's about the, the scariest question? moment of our lives? Do you guys have any response to that? The time I met my, the, the, my friend's dealer's dealer. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. What? <laughs> It was a story I told a night ago. I don't feel like telling it again right was now. It, uh, yeah. Andrew, uh, the guy was gangster and had a gun and shit like that. And yeah, was... and Andrew told his story a while back about how he met like a killer out in the out in the open on the oh, previous wait, podcast. Was, how did he know that he was like a serial killer or something? Because they found it on the news afterwards that that, that he, they got <gasps> caught. <laughs> like he was all Ooh. being creepy and asking them weird questions, but he was with his friends and stuff. We, we told this. He told this to uh, us. In the uh, I Survived the Chuck E. Cheese Massacre episode of like our very early podcast. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that I was when that story see. came out. I don't remember that one. I don't have a ton of scary stories, mm. really. Um, like, I don't really have anything like involving extraneous things aside from uh, probably after my father's quadruple bypass surgery. I was in middle mm. school and my mom took me into the operating room to see him after the procedure. And... You never see someone looking like so pallid, yeah. To the point where they look dead, and like that's rough. He, he was alive and he was able mm-hmm. to talk, but you know, massive heart surgery, like you know, just the closest to having like a parent die, probably. Yeah, mine's yeah. probably around that same territory where I nothing's ever really happened to me or threatened me or anything. But my dad just this last year had like a severe heart issue where he was hospitalized for a week and collapsed mm-hmm. and everything like that and he was just weak mm-hmm. and on the verge of dying and so on and that was in order that was um, that was feelings <laughs> mm-hmm. but so, i've never been scared about for my own sake yet mm-hmm. uh i had two and i think they were within a week of each other so when i was in california we lived near like kind of where the giant industrial power lines are that all the other power lines feed into so Mm -hmm. you can't have buildings underneath them because it would be a problem um and so there's kind of just this like kind of scrubby forest down there and Mm -hmm. um and we were like messing around with ropes i made like a cool rope swing and one of my asshole friends (laughs) and this is yeah this this kid (laughs) So many a... wander stories are one of my asshole friends. Well, did okay, so blank. Okay, so you know it's like, always great. You you know like uh, how like only children are sometimes like criticized for like having empathy problems or like they don't really think about like other people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So this was this guy had two brothers, but he was like the most only child I had ever met, which was bizarre. But mm-hmm. so he had like no sense of like was he the middle child? Other no, he was the eldest. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Never mind. Mm. Yeah, and they were pretty close together, too. So it's just like, huh? But, um... But, so, what he decided to do was make a noose and hide it. And so, Uh here I am. I make a rope swing. I get off the rope swing. 
and uh you know i'm just kind of going around through the underbrush and suddenly i am kind of dangling in the air with a rope tied around my neck and i can't breathe <gasps> Did super he noose shitty you? like yeah ro- he yeah. noosed me and I eventually I, I mean the lucky part is this guy was also kind of a dumbass and like not very effective what he did so i could untie myself but there was a solid 30 seconds of being entangled in rope noose body harness nonsense because it was just a giant web and mm-hmm. suffocating and being like, this is really bad. And yep. then after afterwards, I told my mother about it and he's like, oh, he didn't mean it. I'm like, the fuck he didn't mean it. That was a noose. That was like 100% noose because we knew how to make them because we were in Boy Scouts together. Sadistic you, children you went to are school scary. with a Resident Evil boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I you, thought Water's scary story would be like and one his day name was Lucas thump. Baker. <laughs> I thought Water's scary story would be like he heard a thump from the floor below him, but he was in his mom's basement at the time. The other, the other one that was scary was like a week or so later, where we we're same place, and so uh, there were like these really tall pines, pines that you know I'd never go up, uh, mm-hmm. not too far because you fall out of those, you're gonna break everything. And one one kid was like. I'm going to climb the tallest one, and this is like 50, 60 feet tall, probably. Mm-hmm. He gets uh-huh. to the top, and uh, within a couple seconds of getting there, he's hanging on by one hand. And yeah, there aren't really. many branches mm-hmm. on this thing, so he can't, like, get anywhere. And so I had to, like, sprint back and get my mother and get the uh-huh. fire department and stuff like that. And, you know, was, I was shitting my pants because I thought I was going to see a dead boy by the end of the day. But One time I was walking through the woods... And a squirrel fell like fifty feet and landed next to me. Oh, did so you your die? friend should have just no, it was fine. Your well, friend yeah. just needed to channel the spirit <laughs> of the squirrel. Because if that's it was a dead squirrel, that's because like, squirrels was... can spread themselves out if like it cats works for and... a squirrel. It works for a child. <laughs> you see, yeah, I, I mean, the that... squirrel just landed. It looked at me like you fucker, and then ran away. <laughs> You're supposed well, to catch that's me. That's the default emotion <laughs> for squirrels. I, I would have been more that's freaked true. out if it was just a torn-up carcass of a squirrel falling near you. It just you. hits the ground no. and explodes. That, that's creepy. <laughs> no, it was, it was a regular squirrel that was just really mad at me now for being nearby when something bad happened to it. What's, what's Which the is what weirdest? animals are like. Animal corpses you've ever come across? Porcupine. What the hell? Sorry, Whoa. we're just on, on the topic of animals and scary I don't things. No, the <laughs> fucking chicken that I ate at McDonald's or something. I never. Wasn't that bad? <laughs> so, Bird, have you never seen a dead porcupine? No, I don't think I ever saw okay. that while camping or anything we, like that. We we saw a dead porcupine on the way to Albuquerque, so I was like, eh, mm-hmm. maybe. What, what was freaky about it? Uh, so it gotten hit by a truck or something, so it pretty much exploded. Oh, mm-hmm. so imagine like a grisly, bleedy mess covered in death spikes. And this is also me yeah. being like really young, so I'm just like, that thing looks like a horror monster. And my mother's <laughs> like, ooh, let's take some quills. Your parents, re- I swear to God. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I, I actually saved an empty tortoise shell that we found just mm-hmm. to give it to her. Oh, so yeah. That... It, it, we brought it from Croatia. No, no, no. We? No, it wasn't no. from Croatia. That wouldn't have gotten through customs. Oh, no. No, you're this, right. this was on campus. It was you're right, you're sitting right, you're in right. the middle campus. You're right. I don't know why it was there. And then it did, like, it flaked weird. You think turtle shells would, like, uh, just kind of harden and dry, but no, it, like. You have to lacquer them and preserve them properly. It did weird stuff. Yeah, it fell apart eventually. Uh, so 
there was one year where the West Nile virus had enveloped the Northeast and people were getting sick and dying. I actually knew a couple of mm. friends who had relatives die from the West Nile virus if they were elderly enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously mosquito borne and whatnot. But we just had dozens upon dozens of birds dead in the backyard. And I felt, bad. I felt bad for them. Uh, there were sparrows, starlings, you name it. And so my friends and I took it upon ourselves to bury them. And my mom found mm. out later and she was really angry with us because you shouldn't be touching those things. It's just that. It's probably right. <laughs> they were just they were just out there and some of them were going to rot eventually. Well, I, think that's, I think that's standard procedure is that whenever there's a massive bird kill, you just send all the children in to handle them. <laughs> so uh, it was sad because there was sort of like a pathway between our two houses, my friends, like just along a fence. And mm -hmm. it was, it's pretty much like the border betwixt all the yards. Mm -hmm. And we, th we thought, oh, you know, this is the perfect place to make our bird burial along our secret passageway. So we were burying all these birds and eventually this old lady comes out of her house and she's like, what are you guys doing burying your pets in my yard? <laughs> and then she died of West Nile. The end. You killed her by, by surrounding her so, in her house with infected birds. I think that's a good point to end yes. episode fourteen. Yeah. We're over the two hour mark. We do need to wrap it up, and I think oh, yeah. that's Sorry, uh, guys. that's a quippy. We really know how to end them, don't we? Yep. This has been well, we, four nerds spent... save the universe. Episode fourteen. Does blood vomit glow? <laughs> <laughs> we started weird we stuck yep. on resident evil for a while and we ended weird yep seems thematically appropriate let's try and go a for a normal podcast tomorrow now the weird's Next better week. we need to True. we need to podcast ironically sometimes we've got so much stuff to talk about though in the future like let it die or neo yeah. or quern this next week is going to be fucking insane for you guys what's next but, week yeah uh well everything <laughs> <laughs>